1: Hey, it's Wednesday, hump day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day, we're closer to Friday than we were on Monday, that's a good thing. Now we're on the downhill, we're going to have a little bit of fun today. We'll start off this first hour talking about a business here in central Arkansas, it's been around for a while, and uh, their name is iRealty, and Kristen and John Kennan are with us. They are the owners, proprietors, probably main bottle washers as well. That's right. I'll start off with you, Kristen how did how did you get in uh, involved in this and is realty what you wanted always to do and things?
2: um no i started out uh, my master's is in sports administration and so i worked for the city of jacksonville i was the director of parks and recreation i was a real life leslie nope slash ron swanson and um, (laughs) so i was there and once we had our son i decided to um, leave and go into real estate and I've been doing it for six years now and have owned iRealty for the last three.
1: Does that give you a little bit more time with your with your child? Was that the reason?
2: That was the reason. It didn't end up being that way at first. Okay. All right. We know we work a lot of nights and weekends, but we've really found a, a harmony in our work-home balance. And now that John's joined me full-time, we kind of tag-team everything, so they get a lot more of us.
1: Now, John and I have a very small, thin kind of relationship we do. <laughs> all right because i found out that he left his uh, main uh, job beginning to this year to join his wife in i realty and you had worked in the steel business now you you were in the steel business not the fabrication of steel but in selling steel Correct, steel distribution on. with boyd metals okay
3: who i am still employed by in a accessory role so to say Okay. Yeah, but full-time with, with Kristen and I, Realty now.
1: So we were having fun talking a little bit, because you all who have listened to my show for any length of time know that I paid my way through college by working in the steel mills up in northwest Indiana. I worked at Inland. There was Youngstown there. There was uh, CSX, and there was Bethlehem when I was there. There's only two now, and that's Inland and uh, in C- uh, CSX. And when I was there, there were 60,000 men working in the mills there are now six thousand men and they make twice as much steel yeah. as what we made uh, when we had 10 times the amount of people yeah. so i'm it's incredible. sure the
3: technology and working conditions have improved since you were in the, oh yeah for the stories you told me before we went yeah on i didn't I, yeah i didn't work
1: uh, around the the oxygen furnaces they, those hadn't even been invented mm-hmm. yet you know we were feeding the coke into the the the, the furnaces and all of that it's Back in the day when you know we rode to work in dinosaurs, right. <laughs> so let's talk about you all though. Let's talk about iRealty. Talk a little bit about now, Kristen. You got started in this. What made you want to buy this company? Yeah. I mean, did were you did you agree with the way the company was going when you were working with them, and then you or, or were you, you look and You go, you know, I can do this. And I can do it better.
2: Yeah. So I worked at iRealty. It was a startup when I started there, so it was a brand new company. And I just wanted an office on the north side. I'm originally from Jacksonville. We live in North Little Rock, and so I kept asking and asking. And um, finally, I said, "Can I help pay for? You know, can I broker? You know, what is it that I could do?" And one of the owners was going to be leaving in a year to go move on to something else. He said, well, "You can." Buy my shares, and my sister's wow. an attorney. And so, six months later, I did asset purchase, but I did it because I did think I had value to add. We didn't really have a great training program, and we didn't really have a culture. We all worked from home, so I bought it, and we had thirty agents. We now have uh, over one hundred and forty, and we wow. have four offices, and we're opening our fifth in Hot Springs next month.
1: Well, whatever you all are doing, you're doing it right.
2: Thanks, I, I love it. That's what it sounds you see like. Why I, I had to me.
1: join the team. I got <laughs> it. Yeah. Well, she needs help running it i do and
2: he's been so helpful he's kind of done it here and there but now having him do it full-time it's amazing
1: okay so explain what you brought to this when when you bought iRealty. yeah what what the changes that you made that you thought were necessary
2: well i've never worked at another real estate company so i wasn't skewed by their views on being competitive and cutthroat in this just real salesy environment so i really try to have a very positive environment where the agents we cheer each other on we collaborate and we really try to make the experience awesome for our clients and so i really think that's what sets us apart is we have a fun environment at work and we really care about each other we call ourselves a tribe but we really do we pitch into help where we can and we never talk about sales as long as they're happy they're doing better than they did before and i help them in any way i can that's my goal
1: so everybody's helping everybody yes all right because people who have been in the business for any length of time you get somebody new they need to learn yes because there are things that you've got to know or you can make fatal mistakes
2: that's so true and we really do take a team approach so even when a new agent comes on they have someone there to support them and walk them through and go with them so even our new agents all the way to our experienced agents you should get the same experience
1: Okay, so how's the market now?
2: The market's good. The market's still healthy and I mean, moving along, we've had a great last couple months.
1: That's good. Are you selling or are you buying?
2: A little of both. Um we have a lot of listings, but um with that we also have first-time home buyers, so um I think it's pretty equally divided between our listings and and our representing buyers.
1: Okay, so I was talking uh with folks, and they said that iRealty tries to take the stress out of either purchasing or or selling a home. We do. How do you do that?
2: We really try to bend over backwards for our clients and put ourselves in their shoes. What could we do to help make it easier? And so we meet contractors. We go out of our way to take whatever task they need and do that for them or coordinate. We... We're, there's nothing. We don't sell anything. Mm-hmm. We're actually providing a service. And so we really have that mentality of a, the go-giver, a servant's heart, when we're throughout the entire transaction.
1: Okay, so what's the biggest thing a buyer needs to know as they go into getting wanting to buy a house? Typically, somebody's selling a house at the same time they're trying to buy a house. Sure. And that does cause stress because trying to get those two things to match up not easy
2: right but that's our job we come in and help with all of that the first thing i think a buyer anyone who's wanting to sell or buy a house should talk to a loan officer um so that you know what price range you're looking in and what that purchase and what your monthly fee would be just so that you don't start looking for a house that's out of your budget you can make sure that you start to do it the right way at the beginning it's
1: one of my my favorite shows on on television's property brothers oh it is <laughs> you know and, and i i love when they take people out and they go okay you want this you want this you want this and so they go out and they show them a house that has everything yeah. they could ever want and they go now guess how much this house is <laughs> yes. and they'll say like four hundred thousand dollars million, (laughs) you know, like that. People have they have
2: that champagne taste on a beer budget, so they have this idea of what it is. But until you – and we're really good about sitting down and educating them. We know a lot of the things, and we have a lot of good lenders that we work with. um, But that seems to be the biggest thing is trying to educate them on the front end and let them know what to expect throughout the whole process. Try to bring
3: reality in. Well, I think, yeah, managing (laughs) expectations as far as it's not really – the top line price you need to look at. It's what monthly payment are you comfortable with? And then we can go from there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should be able to pay for the house. Correct. <laughs> yes. You don't you want to be like the guy. What was yeah. the guy out a few years ago in Vegas who owned two mansions and he worked for Taco Bell? Something told me something bad was going to happen. Yeah. And it did. That's, he lost both houses. I
2: could imagine so. <laughs> <laughs> and, he,
1: and he didn't own the Taco Bell. Shame on his lender. Yeah. Yes. And, well, that's when. Money was cheap, basically, at that time, and people were getting homes that they should never have gotten. I was actually a loan officer at that time. Were you really? In
3: Beach County, Florida. Yeah. So I saw, I got to see the the
1: not-so-good side of the business back in 2003 and Yeah. All right. So we're going to come back and talk more about iRealty. Before uh, we go any further, though, let me ask Kristen to give you all a phone number and a website to visit. And what's the phone number for people to call?
2: Sure. the number is 501-837-4391, or you could visit us online at IRealtyArkansas.com.
1: Okay, that's the, the the letter I, and then I. Realty. Yes. And then dot .com. That's one. I
2: Realty Arkansas.
1: Arkansas. Dot com. Okay, all right. Yes. Keep that in mind. We'll come back. We'll continue with Kristen and John uh, Kenan, who are our guests for the rest of this half hour. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be with you until 6 o'clock, as we always are. Here it is a Wednesday Get ourselves ready for Friday early here on one oh one one FM, The Answer. All right, back with you. iRealty is our guest. Kristen and John Kennan are with us here in the studio. We're talking a little bit about uh, real estate, what you should know, what you should do, what you probably shouldn't do, and why they're the people that you should be going to. And uh, listening to Kristen, you know, bottom line is, is that, They've got your best in mind for you. They're going to do everything they can to help you. Servant's attitude. That's a perfect attitude to have in a business like real estate. So we talked a little bit about what's the first thing people who are buying a home should think about. Let's talk about people who are selling homes. Uh, What's the first thing they should consider?
2: So I typically like to come and see the house. Um, One of the things I like to do is come in and look at it from a buyer's view of how would a buyer feel when they came into the house. So I come in and I give advice um, about any repairs or anything that needs to be done. And also I'll do a comparative market analysis and tell them if you don't do the repairs, this is what the home would be worth. If you do these repairs, this is what the home would be worth. And really educate them on that process, um, letting them understand at this price what they're going to walk away with, and just educating as much as possible on the front end the way the entire um, transaction should go.
1: All right. So I'm going to assume you sit down and you talk to them, and uh, most people who are going to sell their home think that they've got to put a new kitchen in, i got to do this to the bathroom, i got... And what they end up doing is spending so much money Mm -hmm. that there's no possible way to recoup that money when they sell the house. Yes.
2: So I always would like to come in before they even decide to do any repairs um, to let them know from a buyer's perspective. And based on our knowledge of the area and, you know, does everyone else have granite countertops? Does everyone else have all brick? Does everyone else? And really help them understand a comparable to what is like their house and things that have sold.
1: What are... What is the biggest, uh, I won't say mistake, uh, just something that people think, you know, if I add this, I want to get X amount more dollars out of my house. What, what's? I, I got one thing in my head. I mean, head. it's
2: typically a pool. <laughs> Thank you very um, much. But it adds value. It does add some value, but not dollar to dollar, but it adds value to the buyer. So if they're looking at a house, two houses if and one has a pool. a pool, you know, if they want a pool. <laughs> We yeah. moved because I wanted a pool. And- I
3: think I put some buyers over the edge on a particular house if they're looking for a pool, but it's going to exclude other buyers who may have little kids and don't want a pool. So you're going to might limit your market by putting in a pool. But
2: If you, you plan to stay there for a while, the then well. yeah. get your pool. But- so
1: how much landscape should you have?
2: I don't feel that landscape is usually... It depends on the neighborhood. Yeah, just enough. When I come in, I usually say, like, just clean up a bed, put mulch down, like, make it look presentable and clean, but Mm -hmm. anybody can come in and do their own. Like, we were showing a house just the other day, and she said, oh, I can't wait. I can put in some flower beds here. Like, they can visualize Mm -hmm. as long as it looks clean and it has been maintained.
1: Okay, so inside the house, I've always been told Mm -hmm. that you should take your personality out of the house so that the potential buyers see themselves in your home instead of seeing your home
2: correct so i usually tell people you're moving anyways pack it up but it depends i don't when we sold our home last time i didn't take down some of my family pictures they fit perfectly in that space but you don't want it to be too cluttered you want people to be able to come in and see Um, When I go to see houses and you have a lot of family pictures out, I catch myself looking at those instead of looking at the house itself. So just being as minimal as possible.
1: Okay. So what about books? All right. You walk in my house and I was lucky because this house was the people, what do they call it when they have the home built the way that they want it? Yeah, a custom built home. Yeah, a custom Mm -hmm. built home. And uh, you walk in the living room and there's some, it's just beautiful honey oak cabinets Mm -hmm. there, bookcases. Mm -hmm. And they're all full of yeah. books that I have personally read. All right? But right, I'd like just to look guess at them. what kind of books you have. Yeah, you can guess. <laughs> yeah, that might turn off a buyer. I mean, you know, never know.
2: Yeah, so you do want it to be as minimal, and especially if there's anything that might be controversial or make someone have some sort of prejudice against someone, like maybe having a bunch of conservative books in yeah. their house, you Me? wouldn't want to turn off any. <laughs>
1: hey, Ru, do you think that I have conservative books in my house? <laughs>
3: Oh, only a few.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just, just a few, just a few. But yeah, you're right. I, I would be cognizant of that. Yeah. How about I've got, uh, I've still got, uh, carpeting, in the bedrooms. Yes. I'm hassling with myself right now about you. Know, I want to, bur- you know, rip that up, and put wood down. Do you
2: have wood in the rest of the house?
1: No. Okay. I've got some tile uh-huh. runs down the hallway. Runs into the kitchen, into the dining room, and then I've got <laughs> a mishmash. I got some wood inside my living room. Yeah, all right, but uh, not through the whole house. Personally, I think more people would probably be drawn to wood than they would to having a carpet.
2: They would, but when it comes to bedrooms, I still see carpet mm-hmm. in new constructions, even in very nice houses. Um, a lot of times, if there is wood, it's in the master
1: okay
3: as long so, as the carpet's in good condition in the bedrooms i don't think it's an issue you no know, yeah. that's a question yeah. mark too yeah right.
1: <laughs> that's where you know have you got somebody kids. come look at it <laughs> yeah you, know, you have kids and, and yeah. exactly right and uh, i'd love to have you know Kristen here in about four years walk through my house and look and say you know dave you need to do this and this and you know the other houses around here. You know, this is what you're up against. Yeah,
2: and I always feel that I'm going to be honest and upfront at the beginning because I don't want you to be disappointed or sad in me that I didn't do my job. So right. I come in with opinions, and um, but I only do that because I want I'm here to add value and to help.
1: Well, sure, absolutely. Well, if you don't add value, you know, I don't know how to add sure. value. You right. know. I'm a talk show host. <laughs> I know how to add value to your advertisement, but You're I right. don't know how to, you know, what what to do as far as all the rest. Okay, so when somebody comes in to see you, what's uh, what should they bring with them? If they're, let's say first for the person who's selling,
2: yeah, are they um, going to call you
1: and say, can you come out and meet me at my house? Is mm-hmm. that what you want them yeah. to do?
2: They typically do that, or they can come in and we'll meet have a seller's consultation. But in that moment, I do I would like to come to the house, see the house, and just sit down and go with them over all of the options that they have um, you know even just alone my team we sold 10 million last year 14 million just John Brandon and I and so we've sold a lot of houses and so I just really want to come in and educate and let them know about hiccups that I've had and how contingencies go and what you know a buyer is going to ask for closing costs and really educate them on that front end so that we try not to have any hiccups during our transaction you yeah,
1: know well, that's the way you keep all the this- the stress out of sure it. yeah you know the last thing you want to do is sit down at closing and somebody says uh who's got the check yeah. you know <laughs> and somebody goes what check
2: <laughs> right
4: <laughs> that's not
1: that's not a good thing for folks that are looking for homes uh, do you want them to come in with ideas of, of what they're looking for i mean and then john i guess you meet with them because you're going to give them the bad news
0: No, I'm
2: just kidding. Well, you know, 92% of people look online before they ever even contact a realtor. So most people have already been looking themselves. So um, iRealtyAR.com is our site where you can go and look at houses. And we make it so easy. Like, you can have a a map search. You can look up by school district, which makes our website different. Mm -hmm. It's just really easy for the... our buyers to use and you know there's zillow and most of the time Zillow's wrong it'll say things are for sale they're not and so by going to our site i you get to see things that are actually on the market good i
1: didn't bring that up and i was going to bring zillow up because they're the big name out there they right are now.
2: yeah and zillow is a great website it
1: has a place it, it does place, it though. absolutely
2: does um we've been a premier agent on zillow for six years but it's very misleading and confusing and sometimes hard to use All when right. it comes to the information that's on there.
1: That's why you go local mm-hmm. and you go yeah. to people like you yeah. that know what's going on in the area of central Arkansas mm-hmm. that people are trying to buy or sell in. That's right. All right. I appreciate you coming in. We're, we're out of t- I told you how fast it goes. I know.
2: Thanks for having <laughs> It us. goes
1: fast. Okay. IRealtyArkansas.com is yes. the website. Mm-hmm. Let's have the phone number again. 501-837-4391. Better to use the website or call?
2: Um, either way.
1: Either way is good? Yeah. All right. I appreciate you all, all right. coming. Thank right you here. so much. Thanks so much for being here with us today oh, on the Dave you. Ellswick Show. Somebody to look into if you're trying to get out of the house that you're, out, you're in and you want to get into a new one. They can do both for you. They can work it out for you. That's right. Yeah, they know their business. All right. Sounds like it. <laughs> All right. Kristen and John Kennan, thanks so much for being with us here on The Dave Ellswick Show. News is coming your way. we got a, a minute of news bringing bring you up to date with the biggest stories. Got to do a few uh, commercials, pay the bills, and then I'll be back and we'll talk about Joe Biden, Mr. Flip Flop. Is he the new John Kerry? We'll talk about it. You know, it's kind of, and by the way, first, before I go any further, let me thank Kristen and John Ken for coming by from iRealty. Nice couple, know what they're doing. You can tell that in that in three years, they've like increased the amount of realtors that are uh, part of iRealty by four or five, you know, times. I mean, they got a ton of people working for them uh, here in central Arkansas, and I think he's... they say they were opening the new office in Hot Springs. I think that was the seventh office here in Central Arkansas. Uh, don't write that down, you know, in commandment style. That's uh, it, that's off of what I just kind of remember from speaking with them here just uh, for a few moments. But uh, they really sound like they know what they're doing, and that's uh, I Realty Arkansas. Uh, dot com. That is their website. Also, while I got your attention on uh, those type of things, let me remind you about what's going on with PI Roofing. Joel Johnson, Veronica Johnson, the owners over there, uh, they've expanded again. You know, they started off just being a comprehensive roofing company. The way that Joel started that is he used to drive through neighborhoods and would look at the roofs. And if the, he saw that there was a roof that had some problems, he'd knock on the door, talk to the people. And then uh, if they agreed, he'd repair it. And that's how he got started and how he got to where he is now with this huge uh, business that he runs all across central Arkansas. And uh, PI Roofing has been doing that, that, that work. And then he noticed that uh, the leaks that come with roof damage and things of that nature and what it does to your ceilings and maybe in the bedrooms or in the bathrooms, what happens when... Uh, the water gets between the dry, uh, you know, board and that kind of stuff, and that contractors didn't want to do those small jobs. And he said, "I can fill that. I've got guys that are professionals; they can do it." And so, they now have their home repair expertise that they do. And then, last but not least, now they know a lot of people have asked, "Do you guys do gutter cleaning?" And they didn't, but they do now. Uh, they purchased Tommy's gutter cleaning services. And now you get the same high professionalism uh, with PI Roofing on getting your gutters cleaned as you did having your roof fixed and having uh, things inside your house fixed because of leaks in your house. That's PI Roofing, Roofing PIRoofing.com. One word, PIRoofing.com. I've done a lot of work with PI Roofing. They are the best. All right. So. Have you been paying attention to Joe Biden? I know it's asking a lot. We're way out. We're more than a year away from the uh, next election. But the Democrats, you got 24, 25 people out there trying to make some noise and trying to get some traction. Biden seems to have the most traction because he has right now. He's got a bunch of name recognition, but. lot of that's changing his numbers have started to fall a little bit part of it could be that is it really is his name really joe biden or is it john kerry now the reason i i make that statement is he keeps flip-flopping remember that's what went down with kerry remember when he ran against bush is that he would flip-flop on issues one time he'd be for something next time he'd be against it and now Joe Biden is getting into this exact same uh, way of doing things. Remember, he used to be against the Hyde Amendment or or used to be for the Hyde Amendment. Let me get that right. He was for the Hyde Amendment dealing uh, with abortion. And uh, then writers from liberal newspapers started pointing out that he was the only Democrat out there that was for the Hyde Amendment and not for just open abortion rights for women. And so he flipped. He says, well, you know, I used to be that way, but I've changed my way of being that that way now. And so uh, blah, blah, blah. So he changed. And now he's against the Hyde Amendment. Well, just a uh, couple of weeks ago, he started talking about China didn't pose a serious challenge to us here in the United States. Well, people started pushing back on that statement, and now he's uh, flip-flopped on that. Let's play cut number one for everybody, and here's Biden talking about China.
5: And so, folks, um, I uh, I apologize again that of uh, the conflict and the dates, but look— um, it wasn't planned this way, but uh, uh, as we used to say in the business, my friend Donald Trump, <laughs> President Trump, is, uh, is in uh, Iowa today, and uh, because, uh, uh, and I, I hope his presence here will be a clarifying event, because uh, Iowa farmers have been crushed by his tariff war with China, and no one knows better than the folks in Iowa. He thinks that being tough uh, is great. Well, it's really easy to be tough when someone else absorbs the pain. Uh, farmers, manufacturers, the automobile industry. The fact is, uh, he backed off this threat on tariffs with Mexico lately because uh, he uh, realized that um, he was likely to lose Michigan, Ohio, and Iowa. All of a sudden, he has, as we say in southern Delaware, had an altar call. He's seen the Lord. And, uh, but make no mistake. Uh, if, uh, if, in fact, uh, things get tough again, he's going to start to threaten tariffs again. Uh, and uh, to him, American workers, in my view, are just a pawn. They're pawns in his game. And let's talk a little bit about China, because China p- poses real challenges to the United States and, in uh, uh, some ways, a real threat to the United States. What? But Donald Trump is only exacerbating the threat and the danger. What? But the reason I find myself optimistic is that a point I've been making a long time. If we do what we need to do at home, if we stand up for American interest, if we invest in our people, our, live our values and work uh, with our partners, uh, we can outcompete China every single solitary day mm-hmm. and every other nation in the world. And here's what we should be doing about China. We should be investing ourselves in research, infrastructure, modernize our workforce so Americans can compete with and win. We should be rallying our friends to take on China's abusive practices around the world. And I mean our friends in the region, instead of alienating, whether it's South Korea or Japan or any of the other folks in the region that have been our allies relative to China. Improve our defenses by uh, so companies don't have to give uh, Tech uh, uh, capability to China that they steal you know, like work in Clinton. a way where we in fact uh, treat China the way they treat us they won't let uh, us invest uh, without having in China without them having a 50 percent ownership and steal the intellectual property well they shouldn't invest here but it's not farmers who should pay that price it should be we should be treating them the way they treat us and so uh,
1: all right, where do I start? <laughs> but let's just did 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 Trump
3: get really old and start sounding like Joe Biden? <laughs>
1: no, Joe Biden I, I started you, sounding was the like same John Kerry. Stuff
3: that Trump was saying three years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. Build build up the military. Just the other day, they said that Trump was was uh, light on the military. That's unbelievable. Uh, you got to have it one way or the other. Uh, Here's what I got a kick out of. Not more than a few weeks ago, he said that China wasn't a threat. Not at all. No, no threat to us. No threat to the United States. No threat to the farmers. No threat. This speech, one sentence says it all. Quote, China poses a serious challenge to the U.S. And in some areas, a real threat to the U.S. So what should we do, Mr. Vice President, Should we challenge the Chinese on this or not? Should we challenge the way that they steal intellectual property? And then for him to say, but farmers shouldn't be caught in that. Farmers, everybody gets caught in this. This becomes a war over principle. And the United States government is giving money. To the farmers to help mitigate some of the losses that they're seeing in the uh, the farm community. We'll talk more about that, by the way, in the next hour when I have uh, Congressman French Hill and he's going to be talking about it.
3: I do believe, I do believe, Iceland and Greenland are probably threats to the U.S. in some respect. Yes, every country
1: out there is a threat to the US in some respect. When it comes to trade, every country is a competitor. Exactly. They're competing against you, all right? And if what you're doing is not letting the 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 trade be on a level playing field, then you've got to force a level a level pr- playing field. That's that's what you got to do. All right. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Next hour, we're going to have the RNC on. They're going to join us to talk about Biden, talk about uh, uh, some other things. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show on one hundred and one one FM, The Answer. on Which is a type 2 diabetes study. It's for people who are a metformin only that are 18 years of age or older. They have an acne study going on. This is aged 12 to 40. And if they have acne, one of your kids, let's say, let's say your parent and one of your children has uh, acne on the face and moderate to, to severe acne, uh, they can get them into this study. And again, it's, you get uh, the medicines absolutely free. You'll get paid for your travel, things of that nature. You'll make a little bit of money off of this just by getting a hold of the folks at Applied Research Center of Arkansas. One other one that's going on, and guys, this is one you might want to really look into, low testosterone, uh, ages 45 to 80 years old. If, you're stu- if you think that you're suffering from a low testosterone, you go in and see Applied Research Center of Arkansas, give them a call. They'll set up the appointment. They'll do the blood work. They'll see if you have low testosterone, and if you do, they'll get you into this study. This study can go on for uh, seven, eight years, in fact. The phone number to call to find out more is five zero one nine five four seventy eight twenty two. That's five zero one nine five four seventy eight twenty two, and that's Applied Research Center of Arkansas. You can get over there and and uh, take uh, you know advantage of this. I almost got into the low testosterone study myself. I had been accepted. Uh, but I was using uh, another medicine uh, for my low testosterone and said I would have to stop it. And I didn't know if I should do that or not. So I'm waiting until I can talk to my urologist and then we'll go from there. If they say I can come off of it, no problem. And then that's what I'll do. All right. So we've been talking about former uh, Vice President Joe Biden, former Senator Joe Biden, former Congressman Joe Biden, who during the time that he was uh, a congressman and a senator and uh, a vice president had nothing against uh, dealing with uh, the Hyde Amendment. He supported it. Now, what does the Hyde Amendment do? Hyde Amendment says you can't use taxpayer funds to pay for women's abortions think that's only right. Not everybody in this country believes in that. Uh, It just seems uh, very interesting to me uh, that he was for this for for years, since the 80s. He's been for it. (coughs) Uh, Because the Hyde Amendment's been around for quite some time. And uh, then all of a sudden, he's running for president. And to say that the Democrat party has taken a sharp turn to the left is an understatement. I mean, uh, they, you know, willingly admit that they're socialists. Now, now they're not socialists as they'll tell you, like, uh, the Venezuelans or the Russians or the Cubans or the Chinese. Uh, they're not that kind of socialists. And even if they were, the way that they did socialism isn't the way you should do socialism uh, because it uh, is the wrong way to do it. I mean, there, there's there's no differences in socialism. Uh, socialism is socialism, just like capitalism is capitalism. And for everybody who wants to call me and say, well, look at what capitalism's done for us now. I will tell you that we've not seen capitalism in this country. We've seen corporatism. Corporatism is where you let businesses write the rules and businesses write up uh, the laws uh, that they can live with but maybe a smaller business can't live with and they use those laws to uh, you know, beat them silly and uh, force them out of business. I mean, happened with Walmart. I don't know how many people know this, but Walmart wrote, Many of the things that were in uh, the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare. And they could take a hit on some of this. It cost them some money, but they could take the hit. But what what about somebody like uh, Target? Could they, you know, take the hit that uh, Obamacare was going to bring them? Not as easily as what Walmart could. So Walmart was bending these rules to help themselves. Exactly what they did. Uh, AARP is another uh, business. It does the same thing. Trying to keep other people out of the business. AARP in and of itself is nothing more than a big insurance company. They'll say, sell you all kinds of health insurance and, and, and life insurance and whatever insurance you want to basically do in those areas. And if they can make... Uh, The Affordable Care Act um, maybe cost them some money, but knowing that their competitors couldn't pay that money, then they were more than happy to, uh, you know, assume those costs uh, so that they could beat up and try to put their competitors out of business. That is not capitalism. That is corporatism. And that's allowing those people to get involved uh, a lot closer into uh, businesses than they should be and give themselves an extra break. Uh, We're going to have news here in just a couple of moments. And uh, we'll bring you up to date on what's going on around the world and hopefully even here in Arkansas if there's something to to know about. But coming up at 3.06 in the next hour, Michael Joyce will join us. He is the RNC's Deputy Press Secretary. He will join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and we'll talk about Mexico, a couple of things about Mexico. We'll talk about the border, and we're going to talk about the tariff situation, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about the Vice President, about Biden, and we're going to talk to him how Joe Biden has become John Kerry and how he's going to flip-flop. Do you remember during the time that that Kerry uh, was running against uh, Bush, and people started calling him the flip flopper and they would say flip flop flip flop the same thing's going to happen to Biden that's why I'm I'm just telling you if if you if you're backing Biden I think you're backing the losing horse I don't think he's going to get uh the democrat uh uh named to to run uh for president and then at 3:35 uh, Congressman uh, French Hill will join us. We've got a lot of different things to talk to him about. Uh, We want to talk to him about, you know, where are we uh, here in Arkansas now after having all this flooding? You know, where are we uh, as far as what the government now is supposed to do? We'll talk with him about that and get that information for you here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, we'll we'll talk about some other things as well. Uh, we'll talk about uh, how uh, the left has taken a real, you know, huge turn to the left, farther to the left than I ever thought that they would do, and uh, we'll talk about about that. Uh, four o'clock. Duck will be here. Joe will not be. Remember what Joe told us last week. He'd be in Jamaica and Mon. That's where he's at right now. So we won't see him until next week, but uh, Duck will be here to answer your questions about cars, as we always do on Wednesday afternoon. And in the final hour, the uh, Democrat Party has gone absolutely nuts on abortion. Just saying, they've gone they've gone crazy on it. Uh, in uh, Vermont, I believe they just signed a bill, an extreme pro abortion bill permitting abortions to be performed up until the moment of birth in their state for any reason whatsoever. And see, they try to say, well, we don't have a bunch of abortions like that. Here's the thing. The door is open to do it. And then for my last story today that I want to talk about, you're going to love this one, uh, 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 Russ. New York Is just one signature away from becoming the first state in our country to ban cat decline, a practice that advocates say serves no benefit to felines and is done typically out of convenience. Well, let me tell you, if you take that convenience away, what it means for the cats. Unintended consequences. We'll talk about that today as well here on the Dave Ellswick Show. News is next when I get back. We'll be talking uh, with Michael Joyce, the RNC Deputy Press Secretary here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so Michael Joyce will join us here shortly. He is running just a little bit behind. He's the Republican uh, Convention's Deputy Press Secretary, and we'll be talking to him momentarily. I also just was notified from uh, Stephen Smith, who uh, represents Congressman Hill, that he will not be able to join us today, but will join us tomorrow. At three thirty-five, the whole schedule, according to Stephen Smith of the House, has gotten turned upside down, and uh, because of that, uh, the uh, the congressman will not be able to do uh, his interview with us as we had uh, anticipated. So know that that's going to happen tomorrow that he will uh, join us. So we'll we'll wait for Michael Joyce to give us a you know a contact uh, here in just a few moments, we should be hearing from him and we'll talk to him about, uh, the Mexican tariffs. And we'll be talking about, uh, vice president Biden as well. And his flip flops that are going on, uh, as well, uh, as things are, are, you know, continuing, uh, as we speak anyway, it's, uh, the way things are going right now, uh, there's no telling who's going to show up on the show today. <laughs> oh, it's it's just one of those days that things happen. You know, this is a, another story that I, I kind of had in my pile, and I would have gotten to it later uh, if we needed to, but since I need a few moments to fill with, I'm going to bring it up about Tim Allen. You know uh, that Toy Story 4 uh, is trending all over on Twitter right now, and it, it's also trending about uh, Tim Allen, and uh, it's not for what Disney would hope for. Uh, The star of uh, Toy Story 4, he's the voice of Buzz Lightyear, uh, uh, you know, now, uh, and with Fox after ABC uh, dropped his show Last Man Standing, is being branded as a racist and bigot for a comment about the N-word that he made six years ago. You know, they, they dig stuff up from the past and they make it sound like it happened uh, today. So uh, let me find this exactly so that I can, uh, about this, let's see. What exactly is the supposed evidence that Tim Allen is openly racist? Remember, this is from six years ago. And they said, this says that he's openly racist. The accusation appears to trace back to a comment that Allen made about the N-word six years ago. This is from the article from The Guardian six years ago. The uh, comedian and actor Tim Allen is in a spot of bother. It's out of a British newspaper, so bother would mean... And He's getting uh, run into a little bit of, uh, you know, hot comments from other people this week, specifically for telling the Tampa Bay Times that he should be able to say the N-word. Allen condemned saying uh, that the, the N-word using in slang that he does it uh, as, as much as he likes. Look, if I have no intent, if I show no intent, if I clearly am not a racist, then how can the word in be bad coming out of my mouth, asked Alan. Now, here, here's what I would have told Tim Allen. Don't try to use logic with illogical people. Now, he's, he's he's standing on very good logic here. If what I'm saying, and I'm saying it, and it's not causing any harm, it's not meant in any harm, how can I be a racist? Uh, the comic who claimed to use the word regularly in his stand-up, funny that nobody said anything about his stand-up being racist, added that the phrase, the N-word, just using N-word, is worse to me than the real N-word. African-American commentators politely but firmly disagree. Here's what they have to say, and I've never understood this, but this is what they say. Here is a general rule of thumb to follow when using the N-word for white people. The sociologist, author, and radio host Michael Eric Dyson on MSNBC. What a big surprise that it comes from MSNBC. Never do it. So let's get this straight. Are there words now that are out there that you can say because you happen to be a a certain ethnic group, color group, religious group, you can say certain words, but if I'm not the, the... the same color, if I'm not the same ethnic group, if I'm not the same religion, I can't say them. I don't understand that logic whatsoever. Word is a word. A word is a word. It is what it is. Now, while Allen's critics made clear that they believe this comment is certifiable, quote, proof, that he's openly racist, others have come to the actor's defense. Some argued that context matters. Well, don't bring context into it. It gets really crazy then. Quote, I'm sorry, but what he said may be wrong, but the word isn't just racist. Context is everything. You'd be racist for reading some uh, older books, wrote one Allen defender, like um, Huckleberry Finn. Are you a racist if you read Huckleberry Finn? Uh, Okay, and he's racist. How? When not used in a derogatory context, it's not racist, said another. Others pointed out that the interview is six years old and that Allen's a comedian who works with, quote, edgy material. Quote, I mean, to be fair, he said it in his act as far back as the 80s. Heck, Heck, the article above, is over six years old, and he's been doing it forever at that point. Not saying it's a good thing, but saying edgy stuff has always been his thing. I'll remind you what Lenny Bruce used to say. Uh, now, for you who are listening to the show, that's back in the 50s. He used to say about language because he was arrested many times because of using bad words. And one of the bad words that he used a lot was the F word, the F-bomb. And he was arrested for it several times. He used to say, saying the word takes away the power of the word. And I think Lenny Bruce had it exactly right. Because look, if you don't like what what Lenny Bruce or any comedian says, don't see the show. They'll stop doing it or they'll go out of business. Same thing with movies, same thing with music. It all works the exact same way. All right, I understand Michael Joyce. We'll talk about this later. I was just talking about it because Michael was going to be a little late, and so I brought it up. Get you thinking about it. Get your mental juices running. Michael Joyce is with us. He's the RNC Deputy Press Secretary. Michael, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you back on the air.
6: Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for having
1: me. Hey, listen, I've already talked a little bit about Biden. I wanted to talk about Biden today because – I don't know if we should call him, you know, Joe Biden, or should we call him, uh, you know, Kerry 2.0? I mean, he's flip-flopping left and right now, and they gave John Kerry all kinds of grief for that, not to mention, you know, he's he's back to plagiarizing things. What are we to make of this, uh, of Joe Biden? Look, I don't believe he's going to get the nomination, But this is a perfect example of a politician just being a politician.
6: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is there's a reason why he's a failed presidential candidate twice already. Uh, It doesn't seem to work out for him. And it seems like every time he says something, it turns into a gap instantly. I mean, look at his day in Iowa today. He told a a crowd in Clinton, you know, probably y'all don't know where Delaware is. Okay. Uh, He called uh, 5G Internet G5. And when asked about Bernie socialism, he said 2020 Democrats are all on the same page. And he <laughs> ridiculously claimed that there were no scandals as vice president. So it seems like there's a good reason why they don't want to campaign trail because it just seems to get worse and worse, and that's not even including his flip-flop on the Hyde Amendment or his mm-hmm. flip-flop on China either. So, you know, he just jumped in the race, too, and we got a long way to go. So if this is what's to come between now and uh, when Democrats finally secure their nomination for their candidate, I mean, he's in a world of trouble. If this is what we're kind of come to expect, day in and out, we haven't even had the first debate yet.
4: Yeah,
1: that's going to be very interesting when we have the first debate and some of these, I guess, uh, younger and more... Uh, liberal, left-leaning, progressive, socialist Democrats start asking him some really pointed questions. It's going to be very—he's going to come across as a very old man on a very young stage. Would you agree?
6: Absolutely. I mean, look at his uh, event that he had in Iowa yesterday. It was in a theater where—it's a 664-seat theater— they didn't have it in the actual theater. They had it in the lobby of the theater because there weren't even a lot of folks that wanted to come out. And just for the record, President Trump held an event in the same place and had over 2,000 people show up. So that shows you where the enthusiasm is for Joe Biden right now. And I watched his entire speech yesterday, you know, to take a, a nickname from the president. He did look incredibly sleepy, he just looked kind of weak on uh, out on the campaign trail out there. And, you know, again, it's just we're seeing exactly why they don't want him campaigning, because every time he goes out there, something ridiculous happens, or he says something incredibly stupid that turns off voters and is only going to hurt him moving forward. Once we get to the first debate and you have every single 2020 Democrat sharpening the knives on the debate stage.
1: Yeah. I'm going to, I think I'm going to get his uh, from uh, rush hour. I'm going to get uh, Tucker's thing. Can you understand the words that are coming out of side of my mouth? Because y- you got to pay attention to what you guys saying. Let me just quote yesterday. China poses a serious challenge to the U.S. and in some areas a real threat. And just two weeks ago, he said that that wasn't the case.
6: Yeah, and we saw with the Hyde Amendment, too, where he yeah. came out and said, you know, I support it. And now he's going, oh, no, 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 I don't support it. So we're gonna, I think you're going to see him continue to flip-flop. I think he doesn't have a strong message other than I'm Barack Obama's best friend. But, by the way, I asked President Obama not to endorse. So even that's a flip-flop, too. <laughs> so we're up to three flip-flops now. Um, and, again, yeah, I think the only reason he's a frontrunner is it's incredibly early. He has the name ID. But I think you're going to see along the way on the campaign trail more gaps like this, more embarrassing moments, and more creepy things where he's talking to a 13-year-old girl out on the campaign trail And the number one thing he says to her isn't, you know, well, you can grow up to be president one day or some kind of words of encouragement. He says, Oh, you know, make sure the brothers look out for her, and they put her in kind. Of, he put her in this kind of sexual capacity as a 13-year-old girl. I mean, that's just disgusting. So, I think we know why people call him Creepy Joe or Sleepy Joe. There's a lot of different acronyms or nicknames you could use for him. But, uh, man, to be this early into the race and to be having such major gas like this, that would be a huge red flag to me. And you know, the other 2020 Democrats are only going to amplify these things once we get to the first debate uh, down in Miami.
1: Maybe I shouldn't compare him to John Kerry. Maybe I should <laughs> I should compare him to Jeb Bush, because in uh, a few years ago, Bush was the man to beat or, uh, you know, the nomination. And within just a few weeks, you know, he fell out of he fell out running once the debate started.
6: Right. And I think, you know, the 2016 election, that was absolutely kind of the year of the outsider candidate. That's what allowed someone like President Trump to come around. That's what allowed someone like Bernie Sanders to come around. And I think at the end of the day, I think Americans uh, across the board and across the political spectrum are still looking and saying, we're sick and tired of these career politicians who come in, say the same old sorry things, don't get anything done for us in Congress. Um, And you're seeing that play out right now with all the Democrats in the House. They're not focused on actually doing anything for the American people. They're just focused on obstructing and resisting, moving forward with impeachment proceedings, issuing more subpoenas, trying to redo the special counsel that took two years and $35 million with unfettered access from the White House, and they don't want to do anything now. So it's going to be a huge problem going forward, for sure.
1: All right. So let's talk about something else that has been on everybody's lips the last few days, uh, Michael, and that is uh, the tariffs against Mexico. And now how the Democrats are trying to play this out like, well, this was already decided. It didn't really happen. And we've already had Pompeo come out and to- totally uh, show that that was a B.S. statement. The president knows what he's doing. And Mexico now is going to take a more active part in controlling the border. I liked how Vice President Pence put it. He said Mexico now is doing more on the border than the Democrat Party.
6: A hundred percent. That's absolutely right. And when you look at everything happening at our border now, when you have over 144,000, illegal immigrant apprehensions last month, Uh, that's a 60% increase from April and a 200% increase from uh, two years ago in May. So there's a legitimate crisis there. And yeah, I think the president and Republicans are right to be saying that Mexico is doing more because they're actually deploying troops, uh, National Guard members at their southern border with Guatemala, and they're going to start holding some folks in Mexico because they know that our system here and our detention systems are completely overwhelmed. And I think the most interesting stat uh, that our acting uh, DHS secretary said the other day was that when people come here, they're gaming the system and trying to seek asylum. And the craziest part is 90% of the asylum seekers don't even show up to their hearing. So it just goes to show how, uh, severe this issue is and how much people are willing to go out and just try to game the system. And then the other thing I saw that was incredibly troubling, there was an article in The Hill a couple of weeks ago that said people are now renting children at the border to play into this uh, asylum seeking uh, system where they're gaming the system. This is a legitimate humanitarian and national security crisis. You hear it from everybody, from former Obama officials, uh, from Republicans, from President Trump day in and out. And the president's absolutely right to be doing anything in his power because the Democrats refuse to act. Congress refuses to act, and we have to do something about this to secure the border and stop these issues from happening. So, again, President Trump, you heard it last week. Secretary Pompeo met with Mexican officials last week, and a deal got done over the weekend. And this is a great win for the country, and it's a great win for the president.
1: I just got to tell you, it, it amazes me that the Democrats keep fighting this president on everything he's doing. What he What he did with Mexico to me was a stroke of genius, wasn't it to you?
6: Absolutely. Yeah. I think when you put that kind of pressure on our our allies, it shows how quickly they're willing to come to the negotiating table and work with us. I mean, you're even seeing this with China and other countries as well, too. But what really stands out to me with the the deal with Mexico is the fact that the president's a very blunt negotiator. He comes out right after we're in the process of uh, having the USMCA trade deal accomplished and goes, you know what, we need to do something about border security. I don't have any power from Congress because they refuse to act on anything. So we're going to issue tariffs. It's the one thing and the one tool I have in my toolkit as president to move forward and get them to the negotiating table. They showed up immediately last week while they were in negotiations. Mexican officials stopped a thousand person caravan at their southern border in Mexico. So they acted immediately. And I think the Democrats don't know what to do and their heads are spinning because this president is someone out there who uses different tactics but actually gets things done. And that's the biggest issue they have. Heading into 2020, now is you have a president who's actually getting things done for the American people, and you have a Democratic Party who's only focused on impeachment proceedings right now. So there's a stark contrast between Republicans and Democrats right now. But the way President Trump handled Mexico uh, and issuing the threat of tariffs, I mean, we saw it worked. And you see these things happen with the president where he comes out with a bold statement, but how quickly do you see our allies or adversaries or whoever come to the negotiating table media, and say, okay, let's work on this. Let's make a deal. And the, nobody wants to make a deal more than this president with Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats to secure the border, but they just don't want to do it because they're only focused on 2020 elections now. They no longer care about getting anything done for the American people. And frankly, they haven't cared about getting anything done for the American people since today President Trump took office.
1: Yeah. And and I agree with everything you just said. It's exactly spot on. It really, really is. So as we watch this play out uh, on the uh, the Democrat side, I mean, they're not talking about how great the economy is. They're not talking about uh, the president uh, with these tariffs or, or forcing people to do things that they shouldn't do. Here's what the Democrats do. They call out the president on what he did to our friends in Mexico. But what did they say when the president moved uh, the embassy uh, to uh, – uh, Jerusalem, they said, well, what did we get from Israel for doing this? Well, isn't Israel supposed to be our friend?
6: Right. And they're our strongest uh, Democratic ally in a very volatile uh, Middle Eastern region right now. So we should absolutely be standing with Israel and supporting Israel and doing more to help them with defense, because they have people knocking on their door like the Iranians who want to wipe them off the face of the planet. So it's troubling. And you're hearing 2020 Democrats out there like Pete Buttigieg now saying, I would take away help from uh, Israel if they do certain things in their country and things like that. And you're hearing all the anti-Semitic rhetoric that Nancy Pelosi and House Democrats are letting just slip through the cracks and not making a big stink out of it at all. And it's just, it's unbelievable what they're doing now. But every single thing this president does, they're trying to find a way to argue against it, but he's kept his promises. And the biggest thing where you mentioned uh, moving the United States embassy in Israel to Jerusalem, that's something that President Obama came down, yeah. uh, campaigned on. That's something that uh, George W. Bush campaigned on. This is a promise that's been made by a lot of presidents in years past, but None of them actually did it before President Trump. And you heard him say with the economy, too, you saw Barack Obama mock him saying, I don't know what this guy thinks he has. He has some kind of magic wand or something. We're still hitting over 3% growth in our GDP right now. Mm -hmm. Unemployment's at record blows for almost every demographic across the country, for African-Americans, for women, Latinos, and across the board. I don't think you can make an argument against this economy right now. And it's kind of hilarious listening to 2020 Democrats try to go around the country and stump in places like Michigan, saying he's not looking out for your jobs when there's thousands of jobs coming in from auto companies who are investing billions of dollars uh, in the Michigan place. People like Fiat Chrysler, they're investing four point five billion dollars and creating seven thousand new jobs in Michigan. So the facts are pretty cold hard facts, and they're hard to deny. So again, it's going to be great listening the Democrats uh, try to make it sound like this is a bad economy right now that isn't working for people because their biggest argument is that wage growth isn't accelerating when it actually is. So They're going to have a hard time arguing with facts, and I can't wait to see President Trump on a debate stage against whoever comes out of this uh, 2020 Democratic field and try to say that the economy is not doing well for people across the board. Uh, whether you're a low-skilled worker or a college-educated worker, this economy is working for every single American in this country right now. So it's going to be pretty fun watching them squirm on the stage when President Trump has a lot of uh, results that he's delivered to the American people to campaign on.
1: I guess Michael Joyce, he's the Republican National Convention, uh, Convention Deputy Press Secretary. Hey, Michael, last question for you. Did you see the recent story that uh, Democrats who won Uh, back red seats districts uh, in the last election are telling their party to lay off the impeachment talk because it could cause them to lose next year.
6: Yeah, I've absolutely seen that. And, you know, I think the big thing is when you go back and look at the 2018 midterm cycle, that wasn't a wave election because typically we know that history says, You lose seats once your party takes control of the White House, and you lose seats in the House, and you lose seats in the Senate. Well, we gained seats in the Senate, and in the House, we had 43 retirements last year, and they're in a huge conundrum now because you are seeing some of these uh, Democrats that are now freshmen and came out and won, saying, if you move forward with impeachment, we're in trouble. And there was a poll today that just came out and said 61% of Americans – from Republicans to Independents to Democrats don't want to see impeachment proceedings. So the Democrats are in a lot of trouble because their base is rabid, they're demanding impeachment proceedings, and they're demanding socialist policies right now. So heading into a general election with those two uh, issues on your hand, you know, best of luck to you against this president and his promises made and promises kept because I don't think they stand a very good chance at all on a debate stage when they say, well, we tried to impeach you even though you didn't commit a crime. And, by the way, uh, we'd like to have over $130 trillion got, in new... Uh, got to join policy. in,
1: Mike. Jump jump in, Michael. We're out of time. Thank you much. Thank you for having me. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, great interview there with Michael Joyce. Had a lot of great things to say. Uh, we're working on some stuff, special stuff that might happen next week. I won't say what exactly it is. I'll just tell you that if it happens, you'll be excited about it. You think you'd be excited about it, Russ? If we could make it happen?
3: Yeah, they would be extremely excited.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying. It would be it would make things uh, a lot of fun, just to say the, to say the least. Uh, for us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hope that uh, thus far your day has been going uh, well. Uh, I just got a Text from a Duck, evidently out on I-30 over in the Alexander area. Uh, they've had a wreck, so he's trying to make his way over here to be on by 4 o'clock. I think he's still going to make it. Uh, just let so you know that for our guests today, it's being tough. Things are happening. It's as if, uh, you know, karma is working against us. Uh, Sunny's Auto Salvage, number one choice for recycled auto parts. I've been telling you about Sunny's for a long time. A lot of you have taken uh, my words now to heart and have used uh, RD and Sunny's Auto Salvage. Why, if let's say your engine goes bad, would you go out and buy an OEM part, which is basically a new part or a completely rebuilt engine, that would cost you maybe uh, three, four, five thousand dollars when you go over to Sunny's Auto Salvage and uh, find the engine you're looking for in a total loss vehicle. Now let's talk what a total loss vehicle is. That's a car that's been in a wreck and it can't be driven anymore. You know, the body's all mashed up and things that your windshield is broke out, all those kind of things. But th- nothing happened to the engine, nothing happened to the transmission, nothing happened to a lot of the major parts, which means you can remove those major parts out of that car and, you know, transplant them into yours and do it for about a third to 50% what you pay for a rebuilt engine. It's what I did in my car. Got an Acadia 2010. Got a engine. From another Acadia, twenty ten model, put it in my car. Runs perfect now. Uh, The crankshaft broke on mine. Had almost three hundred thousand miles on it. It broke. They pulled it out. They put in one of these uh, engines. They put in a a transmission from a total loss vehicle, and uh, did all the the work for it, the labor, and I paid well under. Five to almost $6,000 less than I would have paid to go the other way. And, or I could have bought a new car and taken on a brand new car payment, which is absolutely what I didn't want to do. So just keep that in mind. Why pay more? And why take on a car payment for the next five to seven years? Just think about that. Just make sense. Use Sonny's. Uh, auto salvage. Call them nine eight two seventy four fifty one nine eight two seventy four fifty one. I've used them. I can't. Uh, I can't say anything bad uh, about them at all. Uh, They've just done some great, great things. All right. Let me get back uh, story that I left uh, earlier. We were talking about Tim Allen and. Here's here's the problem that I have with the left, and some people on the right as well. They'll post stuff that they know is absolutely false, it's fabricated, or they'll take things out of context to make you sound some way that you're not. That's happened to me, it's happened to friends, it's happened to a lot of people. And that's what's happened here to Tim Allen where they're saying he's openly racist because he had the you know the uh, the gonads to come out and say you know I've used the n word I've used it in my uh, comedy things but look I had no uh, I did it in my stand up if I have no intent. If I show no intent, if I'm clearly am not a racist, then how can my using that word be bad coming out of my mouth? And um, a black radio host, Michael Eric Dyson from MSNBC, said a white person when uh, using the N word, never. So um, I'm saying now in our language, some language uh, is color coded. You got to say. Only black people can say that, only white people can say that, only um, you know brown people can say that, only Asians can say that. I mean, it's just, you know, Tim Allen defenders have pointed some of his recent actions, including uh, work that he's done for Disney, as evidence that he's not some hateful bigot. And that uh, Allen's being targeted because of his support for Trump. What a big surprise there, right? Quote, why don't you just admit this is solely because he's a Trump supporter? You nut jobs. One of his, uh, one of the people had to say that was supporting him. In an interview with Norm McDonald later that year, Allen said he had no idea, for instance, why ABC canceled his show last man standing but suggested it had something to do with its conservative-lead character mike baxter okay that that's why it probably got canceled abc canceled it disney picked it picked it up said tim allen quote well, archie bunker pushed boundaries but actor carol o'connor was not that guy at all Baxter is a version of that guy, said Alan, but there's nothing more dangerous, especially in this climate, than a funny, likable conservative. And boy, do I agree with that. ABC got rid of uh, Last Man Standing. Uh, ABC, just out of uh, a story, ABC was apparently in the exact same situation, uh, Let me just read read this part of the article. In 2017, despite six highly successful seasons for the sitcom, ABC abruptly canceled Last Man Standing, a decision that Allen said stunned and blindsided him. At the time, ABC claimed that the surprise cancellation was due to costs and expensive licensing arrangements with the show's owner, 20th Century Fox TV, including the matter of Allen star salary, which after six seasons would have to be renegotiated. Uh, John Nolte reported this explanation, however, made little sense. ABC was apparently in the exact same situation with another hit sitcom, Modern Family. Nevertheless, in this particular case, ABC worked out a deal with 20th Century Fox TV And the sitcom stars in order to renew the popular series for two additional seasons. For obvious reasons, the only difference Last Man Standing fans see between the two shows is that Modern Family leaned proudly which way? To the left. It's proudly liberal. And Last Man Standing has the temerity to present a conservative. Christian main character who lives in middle America supports Donald Trump and sometimes ridicules leftists. Anyway, the popular show was revived by Fox. It's back on uh, television. But I'm telling you what this is all about. It's because Toy Story 4 is just getting ready to come out. And because of that, This six year old story has been brought back by leftists, and they're trying to use it to damage Tim Allen. Sand story, but it is the way that the leftists do business. It is the way they are. All right. We're out of time right now. I got to get a break in. Let's do that. When we come back, got more for you. Here on The Dave Ellswick Show, it's a quarter till four. Here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. We continue on The uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. A uh, story uh, that I have that I wanted to uh, give to you is uh, from uh, an Israeli website that I follow, which is a newspaper site. It has a story in it about young Israel slamming uh, Buttigieg the mayor of South Bend and running for president uh, over some of his comments that he's made about Israel. But let me uh, just give you some of this. The National Council of Young is Israel today blasted Democratic presidential candidate uh, Pete Buttigieg after he proclaimed that the Netanyahu government is turning away from peace and declared that if he is elected president, the United States would Cut USA to Israel if Israel annexed parts of Judea and Samaria. Now, this just shows to me that Buttigieg doesn't know his history. Absolutely does not. And that doesn't surprise me. He's, what, in his 30s or whatever? He probably doesn't know anything about the 67 war. Addressing his foreign policy goals for the first time as a presidential hopeful, Buttigieg used an address at Indiana University to assail... Israel and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. But a Czech astonishingly, uh, astonishingly talked about cutting aid to Israel, an American ally. However, noticeably absent from his comments was any reference to the ongoing acts of terror emanating from Gaza and the West Bank. And the steps needed to be taken by the PA, that's the Palestinian Authority, in order to attain peace. He also made no mention of the Palestinian authorities' reprehensible practice of providing financial compensation to terrorists who attacked Is- Israelis, as well as the families of those terrorists, including the family of the terrorists who murdered American veteran Taylor Force in 2016. Budacek's comments about Israel turning away from peace indicate a complete lack of understanding of the fundamental core of the conflict. So let's start looking at history a little bit here. Uh, Namely, that the P.A. steadfastly refused to accept the existence of the state of Israel. How can you negotiate for someone who wants you to be non-existent, who wants to destroy you completely? That is their, uh, that's their aim. And they advocate, the P.A. does, for the destruction of Israel. The apparent failure to understand this central and critical point is shocking for someone who claims to be a supporter of Israel and is aspiring to the presidency. The home of many Jewish holy sites, including burial places of the forefathers, you know, Abraham and look at uh, Joseph and others, and even foremothers of the Jewish people, Judea and uh, Samaria was where they were buried, was returned to Israeli sovereignty in a defensive war after Jordan attacked Israel back in 1967. The check needs to do a little bit of, uh, of history here. That was back in 67 in an effort to destroy the Jewish state. By promptly putting a bullseye on Israel's back and completely ignoring the PA's deplorable pay-to-slay practice and incessant glorification of terrorism... Pete Buttigieg demonstrated a stunning degree of ignorance when it comes to the U.S.-Israeli relationship and the current situation in the Middle East. Rather than using his first major foreign policy address to demonize the United States' sole Democratic Middle East ally and threaten to withhold funds from Israel, Mr. Buttigieg instead should have focused on the PA, repeated failure to take any constructive measures to achieve peace with his Israeli neighbors. Look, again, this land belonged to Israel for thousands of years. The only reason they got it back was because Jordan declared war on them back in 1967, and they kicked their butts, and that was part of what they lost, and now everybody wants them still to give that back. I think that's kind of ridiculous, I mean, do, should we call the Nazis up and say we'll give France back to them? I guess that's what people would think. Mr. Budacek's comments regarding the West Bank are outside the mainstream of Israeli public opinion. Both major political parties in Israel support the government maintaining control of the settlements blocks, and over 80 percent of Israeli voters supported parties in the recent election that favored Israel keeping those areas under Israel. Jurisdiction? Why? Well, of course, it's it's because the West Bank looks down on Israel. I mean, they can lob if they had the PA had that, they could lob tons of missiles down on the Israeli people without worries of anything happening to them. So, I think the you know this is a guy who got you know he's trying to play. This thing to get everybody going and uh, not understanding the history of the area, not understanding what's going on. And and that's, I'm going to be honest for you, that that's basically uh, the case about people when you talk to them about Israel. It's always about how Israel takes, uh, taking this people's land and yada, yada, yada. I'll tell you what it's all about. Who controls the PA now? Hamas and Hezbollah, if they can, uh, these are two of the biggest terrorist groups in the world, in the world, and their number one uh, goal is to destroy Israel, push them out into the Mediterranean, do away with them. At a time within, in, in the Middle East, some of the larger nations, Saudi Arabia and others are start showing some uh, reticence of wanting to find a peaceful coexistence with Israel, like Egypt uh, has in the past after, uh, you know, the meeting with Jimmy Carter at Camp David. I mean, they've found some peace. Jordan's found some peace with them. You know, not these terrorist groups. They are completely set on one thing and one thing only, and that is the utter and complete destruction of Israel. Just keep that in mind. I'm I'm hoping uh, sooner or later things are going to come around that some of these people get themselves some smarts and know what it is what's uh, what's happening out there some interesting things being written people are writing people are writing now over in Israel and maybe the uh, United States isn't the, you know the best uh, to be counting on you Well, know, after what they got out of out of Obama and uh, what they would get out of somebody like uh, you know a good thing to keep in mind you know, but Jake, that's something to keep in mind. Doesn't understand. Does he doesn't have a clue about the Jordanian War in sixty seven. Doesn't have a clue, I'm telling you. If that was brought up to him, he'd look at you like he was a deer in headlights. Wouldn't know what you're talking about. All right, we got to get a break. We got news coming your way. Uh, Duck is on his way. He'll be here in a few moments. We'll have some ta- time to talk about what's going on as far as uh, your car goes and things you should know about. I have another story for you coming up a little later on in the show. New York, first place that they have made it absolutely against the law, are going to make uh, against the law to to uh, do any cat declawing. And we'll talk about that. And And now they're getting unintended consequences back. People are starting to say some things that if you're a cat lover, should really bother you. New research from scientists at the University of California says that the previous estimates of how many habitable planets exist in outer space hugely exaggerated. I thought scientists were always right, that they never had to change their mind. And a Republican governor has signed an extreme abortion till birth bill into law in Vermont that would be Governor Phil Scott should be ashamed of himself got all that to talk about before we get to six o'clock stick around more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick show all right back on the Dave Ellswick show guess who's here hey how y'all doing this afternoon you know that that voice that's that's of course duck now I want to tell you something that's exciting That's going to happen I I got this worked out over at uh, the travelers they wanted duck to come out and throw the first pitch Saturday night you wouldn't, wouldn't want to
7: see a grand man a
1: grown man laying on the ground crying <laughs> and so he says i can't do it but russell would love to do it that's his son yes he and played baseball so. yeah so i called uh, i called up lance over there and lance is going to be on friday by the way three thirty 30 with us talking travelers and i said hey russell would love to throw the first pitch out he said sounds great so i just sent the what time is it dinner. do you know Probably seven o'clock. Okay, pitch. that's what I was thinking. Is that about right? Usually, Russ, uh, first pitch is usually about seven. Oh no, he says no. What is it? Over at Travs. Uh, it's probably a seven ten first pitch tonight. Okay, well, I'm I'm looking at this weekend, but Russell Godsey's going to throw out the first pitch on Saturday. So,
7: Dave,
3: I'll how... have to go look at the at the website to see what time the first pitch is.
0: how, okay. did,
7: how did their car show turn out? It went good. Did it? Yeah. You were there. No, I'm, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about the one over at Dickie Stevens Park. Well, evidently they're going to have quite a few people there. Okay, is it this weekend? This yes. weekend. Okay. Yes.
1: If you want to go, I'll over. be there.
7: I'll be there. But uh, you know, uh, there's no way I. If I rear back and throw that ball, yeah. And when shoulder come out, and you've seen a grown man laying on the ground <laughs> crying. <laughs> Here's you know, what I'm going to do. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be very pretty. I'm going to
3: let the la- uh, Grand Slam Autorama Car Show is this Saturday. That's by correct. The way. Yeah.
1: Okay. So I'll get a hold of Lance and tell him that you will be there. Yeah, I'll be. Me and Teresa will be there. We, okay. And that we was going walk, anyway. You're going to walk around, take a look at the cars and yep. all of that. I'll find out where you need to meet him. And that Russell yep. throws out the first thing. Yeah. I cannot because I've got people six coming. 6'10", first pitch. First, t- six Okay. So that tells you to be around 545 or so. Yeah. Anyway, because I've done that a couple times. Bottom line is, is that uh, I got... My kids, of course, are spread all over Texas and Oklahoma, really? so they're they're coming in Saturday because what's Sunday?
7: Mine, and your day, Father's
1: Day. You got it. All right. And mine asked me last
7: night, we was laying in bed, she was taking her blood pressure and mine. She said, "What do you want for Father's Day?" I said, "Nothing. Just I wanted to be left alone."
1: Yeah. Well, we're gonna go out and eat steak. Oh, we'll probably go eat steak. Mine, you know, I, I, lunch I mean, and she stuff. wanted to know where to went so. Whoever whoever is going to be the lucky restaurant, uh, there'll be me, let's see, me, Linda, two, Jennifer, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 13 to 16 of us.
7: There'll be about eight of us, eight or nine of us. So. Somebody's going to get a good tip. Yep. But, uh, but guess who's not paying it? Wait a minute, right? Like me. I'm not paying it. I get it. cheated. I get cheated. I wind up paying.
1: No, really. Oh yeah, I get cheated. you your dad, but you you got it. I get cheated. Yeah.
7: I, I'm I'm dad, but I had to pay.
1: Okay, but that's okay. I, I'm I'm fine with it. It's it's fine. I get texts from my wife when I'm mm-hmm. on the air. I just got one. This is this is great. It says uh, says Linda quote i figured out how to get amazon back on the tv <laughs> yay for me <laughs> we couldn't figure out what happened I, I went to you know i just got my controller i got a smart tv it had amazon it had netflix all of them already loaded and i just push amazon and it pops up and i've got prime and so i can watch their shows well all of a sudden we couldn't get it on well that's kind of like me tv you know i, I like me tv because i like all the, the older
7: shows yeah direct dropped them did they really? They're feuding over price. Oh, that, yeah. So, it was on, that direct was on 49, I think it was, and, and when you punch up 49, it comes up and said they're temporary off air. Been off now for about three weeks, so. Okay. So, Dave.
1: I don't know anything about that one. So, speaking of baseball, what do you think about the Razorbacks? Oh, I was, dude, I was so excited. I was listening to the game. I was, too. Uh, Monday, and, I gotta tell you, Phil Elson was so fun to listen to him. Him and Bubba both. Yeah, as that all ended on Monday. <laughs> so now we know first game Saturday. Yep. Florida State. Yep. I, I'm got to tell you if if the Razorbacks keep their mental their focus, that keeps their head in the on, game the, on the game. I don't know if. Any other team in the World Series this year that can challenge them that well? Well, I think I was
7: looking at the the bookies things yesterday on my it come up on my phone. And I think they're three to one to win it all. yeah they should. I mean, they got a great team. I mean, they you have know, a very good team. Who who knew Dave had these guys sitting there waiting to Nobody take over? Nobody except him. Yeah. Who knew that? Because you know he was picked to finish fourth or fifth this year. So who knew what was going to go down? And I yeah. Nobody but him and some of the coaches. Here's
1: the other key. Who knew that the SEC was going to have half the teams in the College World Series? Exactly. I mean, there's an ACC team. That's Florida State. Yep. They're in it. Uh, you've got Michigan, yep. Big Ten. Yeah, they're picked 15-1 to, to win. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's a couple other, other teams. But, you know, I mean, you're looking – But here's the thing that amazed me. When I was growing up, uh, when I was going to college, the place you wanted to go play baseball in college was out west. Oh, really? UCLA, USC. Well, they just wanted to always want it back in them days, Yeah, well, that's because they played baseball year-round out there. Oh, okay. You you had uh, Cal Fullerton and some of the other great schools out there. None of those schools – made it this year no nope. there's not a western well, school i believe in the world series
7: look who won it last year oregon
1: they didn't They're, even get close this year. they didn't year. get out of the regional
7: no nope, they didn't get close this year they weren't no. getting close to being there and it's kind of amazing that uh, we you know everybody was hollering we was going to be fourth or fifth in the lead and what happened well here's what they don't take into consideration dave van horn he is he is a heck of a coach he's a great coach i mean he i don't know how he can get it out of them kids but you know i mean i've never met the man so i you know i don't know you know i don't know if he hollers and screams but when they're playing From ball what i
1: understand doesn't do much of that
7: when they're playing ball you don't never see him well now if he gets a bad call he'll get upset but it upset at one of the players you very seldom see him do that
1: here's what he knows he, i've heard him say it before he's absolutely right Baseball is the only sport that if you if you succeed, you know, three out of ten times, you're a huge hero. Exactly. If you hit 300 mm-hmm. in baseball, everybody talks about how great of a hitter you are. I mean, we haven't had a 400 hitter since uh, Ted Williams yep. in the 50s. Okay, so here's... You think about that. You fail twice as much as you succeed, but yeah. you've got to keep your head in the game. Well, you know, you just look at Arkansas, how many
7: seniors they lost last year and how many players went to the pros last year. And we're taking a team that basically don't have but a couple, three players from last year.
1: And they look sharp. How about? I know that uh, the kid that's their, their ace, the pitcher, and uh, I can't think of the other kid's name outfielder I believe or two there's only three remaining from like 2016 Mm -hmm. and that was the first year in a long time that Arkansas had a losing record yeah now these same three yeah are on the team that is going to the World Series back to back twice in a row yes two years in a row which Means
7: and, a lot, and Dave Horn, I was listening to him today too, and he said that's hard to do to go back to back to World Series. Yeah, he said it's it's very hard to do, and you know, but he's sitting there holding these players, and nobody knew what was going on, but him. Well, he knew him and the coaches. He knew what kind of pitching he had too,
1: and, and yeah, it um, was it Strogins? Stragans wanted to come oh, in. Monday? Yeah, he pitched just. He did exactly what a relief pitcher is supposed to do. Came it, in, shut it all down.
7: But he come in, and he was placing that ball on the corners. Yep. And he was throwing that little slider change-up deal in there, and they were swinging 30 minutes before the ball ever got oh, there. Oh, sure. I mean, he, yeah, he, he was had on. it down. Yeah, he, he, was, he was on. on. And then okay. our closer come in, croman and is all over with. Can
1: you imagine you, you have a junk pitcher throwing to you for about four innings, which means a lot of off-speed stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then Cronin comes in. He's throwing 97 to 99 miles an hour. He's throwing nothing but smoke at you. Yeah, he's, he's, he's rearing throwing back like, chunking it. He's throwing like what, uh, uh, I'm trying to think now, who's the the, the the catcher that said that uh, the great pitcher uh, back in the day. He said his fastball, trying to hit his fastball. Yogi Bear was talking about Bob Feller. He mm-hmm. said, Hitting a fastball from Bob Feller and trying to hit it was like trying to hit an aspirin coming at you, dissolving. <laughs> dissolving. All right? But, but
7: That's he how is hard he, he is good, though. I mean, just think yeah. of how far he's going to go now. Well, he should.
1: I mean, um, the draft is already happening. I'm sure. Yep. He, was, was he drafted? I think he was, but I'm not 100% sure because yeah, I didn't keep I up with it very yeah, much. Yeah, I haven't kept up close to it. I was kind of sad about... Uh, ucla not getting to the world series because i wanted to see this kid under pressure a little bit their shortstop mm-hmm. uh he was the number one draft pick of the cubs yep. so i wanted to see him under pressure some because i i understand that he's just an incredible ball player i would like to see him play a little bit so dave are you going towards
7: benton bad out there when you get the county line okay. be expecting the traffic to come to a halt what happened right there at the saline river bridge they've got a, oh, a no. concrete truck turn bottom side up in the. oh medium. no they have got the lanes back open because i was out there right before i headed up here they have got the lanes open but it was shut down for so long that the traffic is backed up way past county line i mean it is moving but how it's far
1: going- is the saline river bridge from
7: was the Slane uh, River is that to 114 or the one let's see, no Slane River is at 115 and you're going all the way back to like the 132 130 oh no, 15 you know, miles yeah it, wow. it was backed up you know and but they do have the right lane the the westbound lane open but it's just going to be slow so just get comfortable and the and the westbound I and mean, the east eastbound lane how ain't much this? better if you if
1: you don't have to go that way don't
5: yeah go a different direction <laughs> yeah. if you can cuz so it is bad you going
1: around it it
7: is bad, and so, and another thing, Dave, too, if you don't yeah. want a diesel pickup,
1: make sure you put diesel in it. All right, let's talk about that when we come back. Okay. All right, we'll do that. That just makes sense. You got a de- Does that make sense to you, Russ? you got a diesel pickup, might be a good idea that you make sure you put diesel in it. I was going to put ethanol in mine. <laughs> i to had... be running about as good as the person he'll be talking about when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hold on. Here we go all right back with you here on the dave ellswick show ducks here all right now you said you're talking about truck driver put gasoline in his truck Four pickup these are four pickups okay doesn't work real well
7: no sir it don't and if you in these trucks nowadays if you do fill them up with gasoline do not drive them you're going to, you could mess up somewhere from three thousand dollars to ten thousand
1: dollars all right which means you could screw it up completely Badly. to the point that you got to have what a whole new engine no you just well i mean if
7: you drove it long enough yeah it could melt the pistons down. but most melt time, a piston oh yeah oh my god. if i can think about it i got one that's melted i'll bring it to you so you can see it you
1: know keep it for next year for the uh trophy oh, well. for the rat rod.
7: well i've got plenty <laughs> of them but you know, Dave, I'm always talking about fuel system, the high pressure pump going down, filling it full of metal. Right. I had one the other day so I saved all the pieces. And I'm I'm uh, I've got it all mounted together and I'm gonna mount it on a board and hanging on my wall. So when a customer come in I can say this is what you weren't.
1: Yeah, this, this is what is, happened.
7: This is what's happened when, when it when the fuel pump goes down. And i so, um, you know, because I've had a bunch of people come in and ask me about it. And so – and I've got a few pieces here and there that I can show them this full of metal. But this will – and I had – the the guy that works for me, he's got a machine. And so he cut the side out of everything so you can look in and see everything, see what see what's topped up on it. So
1: right. it, it'll
7: be nice once I get it put all together and get it hung up on the
1: wall. But evidently from what you were telling me during the break, this is not something – rare that happens of putting gas in a diesel truck i get anywhere from three to ten a month
7: wow as i told you what now, i'll do.
1: be honest i almost put diesel in my car one time because i wasn't paying real good attention and i and i didn't realize i grabbed the pump with the green handle but nowadays you can't put diesel into a gas burner because it's too big
7: yeah the, the they made the nozzles bigger where it won't go down into it but you okay. can put gasoline into a diesel right because it's small enough and you can poke it down in the hole and squeeze the trigger and but you know and most of the time it's somebody that they've loaned it to that's driving it they're used to well they're used to a gas burner and they pull up and grab the hose and the lady that called me the other day she said hey it's my husband's i don't drive it very often but i was using it to haul stuff and i was going to fill it up and she did she put
1: uh what she tell me 31 gallons of gasoline in it well, you lost the $31 or more for your, you know, your your gas. But on top of it, if you ran it, now you got all kinds of other problems. It can be anywhere from three dollars to $10,000. Oh, my
7: gosh. And that's just on the fuel system. That don't include if it melts a piston down like, I man, you were just talking. Right.
1: You know, it it's it's can get bad expensive. All right. So, th- what was it, Monday that... You called your son and Russell and yes. you told him, "Hey, don't start that that uh, you know diesel pickup out there. What was it? White? It's white. And don't don't start it." He got there and there were three of them sitting there, all with the same problem. All three with gas in them. Wow.
7: You know, and, and the strange part, they was all three the same year model. They're all three white. They're all three four wheel drive. <laughs> Holy cow! So it's just. just unusual you don't you don't have that at all at one time okay so what's the first
1: thing you got to do pump out the
7: gas i've got uh we've got a a relay that that we've made that russell made that he sets down in there take the hose loose up there at the fuel filter and put a piece of hose on it and run it over into a 55 gallon can and you just turn the pump on let it pump it dry and then you go in there and flush it out and change the fuel filters put put 10
1: gallons of fuel in it and you know if they don't start it it ain't it ain't too much trouble well, how often is that? If it's somebody who doesn't realize it's going to do any Very problem, subtle. I mean, they're going to put the gas in and start it up right at the pump. Well, this lady
7: that called me, she realized after it put in 31 gallons oh, of gasoline, no. and then she called me on the phone because she had my cell phone number. She's one of my customers I've had for years and want to know what to do. And I said, lay the key in the floorboard. I'll send Luke to pick it up.
1: Yeah, that's the guy going to hook record. it.
7: Yeah, he right. come over there, and I, and I called him, and I said, hey, the guy's name we called him cornbread that's not his name and i said hey whatever you do don't start that thing keys in the in the fuel door but do not start it and so he went and got it and hauled it to the shop but then i get to work on money dave and there's three of them sitting in a row
1: so with the you you figured out which one was cornbread and then the other two you had to call them and yeah and ask them tell me the story basically
7: yeah you know i, I had don my guy and i said hey can you call go out? so he goes out there and opens the door the key falls out okay so he screws the lid off smells hey that's got gas in it too goes to the next one does the same thing so he gets the registration out figure out who it is and then they're you know all three of my customers too and so he starts calling them and they said well we didn't drive it well i realized i did it so but all three of them we just cleaned it we pumped it out dry cleaned the tank put 10 gallons of fuel in it and changed all the filters and told them put the 911 you know the not the ball yeah that you talked about i put we put about five or six ounces of that in there then tell them when you pick it up go straight and fill it you know and that way if there is a little bit of gas hung up somewhere then you don't hurt nothing it might run just a little bit rough now but usually really we get probably 95 percent of the gas out you know there's no way to get it all out because the tank's got little crevices that it can stick in but if you get 95 percent out and you go fill it up with diesel fuel you're not gonna have no problem all right so and,
1: everybody everybody was okay yep. everybody let you know things went cool
7: yep everything went cool we sent them all home on tuesday and smiled and you know
1: how long did that take to do to pump that out and do it everything. it it about? takes about two and a half hours per truck It's a
7: lot of work. Time it's all said and done, they'll spend four hundred dollars. Okay. Time I buy to buy a brand
1: new truck, yeah, or buy a motor that's that's nineteen thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, bottom line. All right. When we come back, Duck and I will continue talking about cars, maybe even baseball. You never know. And we'll remind you that bumper to bumper brings us to you. We'll talk about them and a whole lot more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. First, we got to get to the news. News is next. Sixty seconds of what's happening in the world, just for you. So stick around; we got a lot more for you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But right now, let's head out to Salem Radio Network and find out what's happening. All right, four thirty-five. Duck is here from Duck's Garage, and of course, uh, our our good friend Joe is not here. He's in Jamaica, man. Yep, but he's drinking some Jamaican rum. What do you think? Because when it, before he left here last Wednesday, I said, "How many drinks with umbrellas you going to drink?" <laughs> and he said, "Enough." <laughs> yeah, he never <laughs> so, would tell us no. what. He just kept saying, "Oh, I'll drink enough and, of them." Yeah, but who wants? Hey, hey, Russ, I got, I got, I know where we should go next week. Let's go have fun in the Dominican Republic. Yeah, make sure you your do. life insurance paid up. <laughs> and i'm the beneficiary of it i just got russ in between bites of his lunch that he's trying to <laughs> watermelon baby Oh the watermelon i just cut one yesterday that i got over at bj's over there man are they good yeah oh, the last red. one i got was hard this one i opened it up popped it up and it is just ruby red inside and sweet oh plus i got a couple of cantaloupes i cut them up, sweet in fact there's they were so ripe there was hardly There's very little rind. That's why Teresa likes them. You know, just get it all the way to the edge. Man, I had cantaloupe this morning and watermelon for breakfast. That's what I had.
7: That's that's a good meal.
1: You know what happens? I I quit eating all the candies and stuff and cookies that I usually eat at night. Now I eat melon. I love melon. I'm I'm crazy about melon.
7: In my situation, now last night I got home from from work and Teresa was over to her mother's and. I ate me four uh, chocolate chip cookies because my sugar was low. Then in about 20 minutes,
1: it was kind of high. You know, BJ's, is, as far as I'm concerned, BJ's the place to go to buy your your melons and things of that nature. They have, they got the black diamonds over there as well.
7: Well, usually, in, you know, on up in the summer, uh, Cave City up there, you know, they have their watermelon festival. Yeah. And I know one of the farmers up there that raised them, the Johnson brothers, there's two brothers in Usually I'll go by and get 10 or 15 from them and bring them home, give them away. They are. Keep me in mind. I will. They are real <laughs> sweet. I mean, they're some of the better. Oh
1: yeah. I like them better than they're, ones from down Hope. And Hope really? You like them better than Hope? Yep. All right. Cause Hope is the one who has the really big watermelon festival. Yeah. They have one, but it's not near as big as Hope. No. I mean, but it
7: will be four five, six thousand people up there.
1: Oh yeah. You, you know, know, you know what I like more than anything else? Because being here in Arkansas, you better like these. I like going to the tomato festivals. Because mm-hmm. I... Down at Warren. As, yeah. As much as I like melon, I love tomatoes. tomatoes. And here's the key about that. I got to watch myself because I'll eat so many tomatoes that I'll kill the good bacteria in my <laughs> yep. digestive tract. Yep. I've done it. It's not fun. They it's call bad it, for you. You end up with overflow something and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> i won't get into specifics but it, it's not fun hey before we go any further talking about watermelons and tomatoes let's talk about bumper to bumper
7: you know dave i i use them joe use them gary henry using them henry ackers we all use bumper to bumper we're all a certified center they take excellent care of us they take care of me they take care of joe uh, th- you know they take care of all of us tom barkley up at Greenbrier, you know if we need something, Jerry Roacher, We call him. He handles it. I mean, you know, if we got, you know, we need something done, I buy from a from a independent guy, a jobber, and I have. I get the same quality parts that Joe or anybody else gets. Right? They're good people. They take excellent care. They got Motocraft. They got AC Delco. They got Standard. I mean, anything light clutches. They got middling clutches. They also have air compressor for big trucks. You know, they have airbag for big trucks they're just super nice people they got a warehouse over here off of roosevelt road just
1: really quick to the uh uh restaurant out there i'm trying to think uh what what's the place to eat out there that i like homers homers yeah
7: yeah right before you get to Homer, you make a right and go down and cross the train track and that's all theirs uh they're just the fletchers they're just super people you know davis we had car show you know saturday and and, by the way, we raised, I think Jerry told me, a little over $4,300. Good. For that's the double Donald what House. we had been doing. Yes, sir. They raised over $1,689, I think it was, for the TV raffle and donation. It was $585 just people donated. See, that's you give them the
1: opportunity, yeah. and they'll do that for Well,
7: Well, a lot of people come in and said, hey, how much is to get in? And it's nothing to get in but if you want to donate, you can donate a dollar to Ron McDonald house. And a lot of yeah. people did. And, uh, and a lot of people come in, they, you know, cause we had Ron McDonald people sitting right at the front door to yep. sell the tickets sitting to right
1: the, next to us when we're doing the show.
7: And Joe Klein, uh, I want to thank Joe Klein. He come in, uh, walked around, spent about three hours in there with us. Uh, he signed two basketballs for us. He did it all on his own. He brought them, he signed them and we give them away. And a young lady, uh, She won one of the basketballs, and she was just tickled to death.
1: That's a nice commemorative thing to have. But I want to thank Joe Klein because
7: he didn't have to. He did it all on his own, even though we had Corky's barbecue there. Matter of fact, when he showed up, he went out, sat down, got him some barbecue, set at a table with a bunch of other people, and ate it. Well, that's very cool. Uh, he was super nice. He's uh, an everyday kind of guy. He is he he kind Except of like the rest that he's of the
1: like day. 9 foot tall. Yeah, you got <laughs> I had to look up to
7: him. I'm 6'1 and I still had to look up to him. Yeah, he's
1: 7 something. But, or 6'11 or something.
7: But he he was super nice. He walked around, he looked at the cars. He kept telling Dana that he wanted one of these and she kept shaking her head no. <laughs> but he he was super nice i mean he he spent three or four hours there with us and i was so cool. you know i was tickled to death i did thank him and then you know we had told everybody please do not ask for his autograph because he's not here to sign autographs yeah and everybody did he said no one bothered about autograph and i was tickled to death he got on the radio with us and we talked back and forwards and i just want to thank him and his wife for coming you know, a lot of people appreciated him showing up and walking around.
1: Yeah, we want to get him back next year with more no. of a barbecue. We got to get get big Al from over at the, the butcher shop. To, yeah. to bring his pizza truck over. Yeah, I'd, I'll be I'd,
7: talking to him about That'd be that. nice, you know, to have pizza there cuz, you know, they say they can cook them in about 4 minutes. Yeah, and, fast now, you know, and and you know, but uh but this How, one thank the other everybody lady do.
1: She done great. Was I'd, it Mama's Kitchen or uh, whatever?
7: Yeah. Uh, uh, homestyle burgers and fries and they
1: were on they came on the air yes. with us and was really great talking they, to her. they done she done great good i talked
7: to uh the guy from corky's and he said they done great uh so you know we had a we, we had was, a good crowd we was down a little bit because some people i talked to said flooding they was they were sandbagging you know yeah, and we had some were. cars that had already signed up didn't show up and i called few of them and asked them and they said well we're sandbagging you know that's why we're not there and i can understand you know yeah. i can understand but we just want to thank everybody at see the conway because you know they let us move into their town and put our show on at the expo center and we've done a wonderful job goes well goes
1: real but think about this whenever you go <laughs> to a certified service center from bumper to bumper you get those great bumper to bumper parts two years twenty four thousand miles, or if you use your credit card, three years thirty six thousand miles. Yes, sir. On the uh, on the warranty, and that makes it well worth. And time that's to anywhere's go them.
7: into the United States.
1: Yeah, anywhere because they're all over the United you States. You just
7: dial eight hundred number, and they'll take care of you. I got you.
1: All right, before we go, let me remind you about Dwayne Smith's insurance agency. Uh, they're an all state uh, insurance agency, and they will help you out. They'll take care of you, whether it's for motorcycle insurance, uh, boat insurance, house insurance, you know, looking for, uh, you know, health or life insurance. They can help you. What you do need to do. Here's all you got to do. Call them 501-819-0373, 501-819-0373 and ask uh, to set up an appointment and bring all of your insurance in. And show it to them and let Dwayne Smith or one of his professionals sit down with you and show you how much money they can save you or how much extra coverage they can give you for the money you're spending. You'll do that by visiting them at their location, 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. That's Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency, an all-state insurance uh, agency business at 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. Are you there? fellas. Uh, yeah, no, I'm here. Sorry. I just, uh, it's a little uh, noise in the background. There That's okay. Me off a bit. Um, yeah, I go by, you can call me Doc, by the way. My friends call me Doc Grain, so. Okay. Uh, I like those cardboard cutouts you got there, Mike. <laughs> we'll let him go. This guy's called in a few times. The only thing I can say about somebody who calls in like this, they waste our time and they waste my listeners' time. Yes. Go waste somebody else's time. You don't have anything better to do. Yeah. You know, go find something else to do. That's the bottom line. So yeah. you, you you succeeded in getting getting on the air. So yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. So
7: anyway, we we'll move on from him. Yeah. We, we don't will need to move talk on. about him. Yeah. I'm done. But there again, Dave, you know, it's it's summertime. School's out. People get people getting We've been ready to go talking on vacation during the
1: break about vacation yep. as, as we're speaking about this
7: before you head out if you're going like Dave's going to Panama City you know there's a lot of people going all over me and him was talking we're talking about going up to Kentucky up to Daniel Boone it's a great uh, place to go uh, and staying up there a few weeks you You'll know a few it. days but uh before you go make sure you have your vehicle checked you yeah know, go over that ta- with everybody just take take it to one of us certified centers and just say hey look I'm going to Florida 600-mile drive down there and, you know, 600-mile back. I'm going to be down there for a week. And just drop it off one day. Say, hey, can you go over it, look at it, check my tires, check my brakes, check all my hoses, my belts, you know. Just give it a good-looking over and whatever it needs to be done, we will tell you what it needs so you can have a trip down there without any problems, and your family can have a wonderful time, Dave. I mean, that's yeah, – better
1: the, to go enjoy your vacation – I have been broke down in Florida.
7: Not sitting on the side of the road. I have been broke down in Florida for I spent an extra four days in Florida on a brand new Chrysler Town and Country that she had and they had left one of the boats out of the A C compressor when they built it. Oh no. Compressor cycled on, broke all the ears off of it and the front timing cover. Holy cow. You know, so we sat down there extra four days even though Chrysler paid for the motel and everything but i you know needed to be back home but you know just have it looked over good you know just check your tires you know get it serviced make sure your air conditioner's working if you got a cabin air filter make sure it gets changed you know just little things that you need to look at you know if you don't need tires make sure you get the air pressure checked in before you head out when you get traveling down the road and you're running 80 mile an hour on this asphalt and the concrete that tar is heating up to 140 150 degrees and if it's low it's going to heat up to 2 or 300 degrees and it Not will good. and it will come all apart you know just carry it to me or joe or gary henry tom barkley henry Atkins, any of us say hey look I'm going on vacation can you check me over we'll make sure you're road ready and ready to go and have a wonderful time while you're down there all right no okay uh
1: it, okay I'm going to take your word of it. All right. Head all off. right, you're up. What's your what's your question? You should try having sex with the cardboard cutouts. There we go. <laughs> there you go. That's okay. That's okay. That's don't a-
7: rush. Don't worry about it. That's about all right. We're, we're don't fine. worry about it. But there again, just, you know, as as we always say, Dave, it's better to be checked and make sure you're in good enough shape to go than to be sitting down on side of the interstate down there and it's 110 degrees outside. Yeah. And you got your kids and your wife with you and it's dangerous for anybody to be out on side of the road. Just come by one of us and we will check you. Bumper to bumper, good people. If we do put a part on, you get down Florida, have trouble, dial a 800 number and they'll take care of you. Yeah absolutely you know, they'll be more than welcome to take care of you and all of us here at bumper to bumper we wish everybody a happy holidays to go on vacation and fourth of july is coming up here for a long
1: day and we'll be celebrating again yeah well here's the key even things like windshield wipers those yes. are things you should check as well the last thing you want to do is be driving down the road get into one of those you know gully washers
7: one of them afternoon storms yeah and you can't keep You can't see good. And in Florida, it's subject to raining every afternoon at 4 o'clock. I mean. (laughs) That's the truth, too. it may not last long, but
1: but it's subject to raining every afternoon at 4 o'clock. It will do what it does, and it does it the best, and that is it rains in Florida. That's just what happens. Exactly.
7: And and, and just just come by. We'll we'll check check your car out, your truck out, your SUV, whatever it is. Make sure that you're ready to go and you won't have no problem.
1: Okay, so since you're thinking about going through Kentucky, yes. right, let me make some suggestions. Okay. All right. You're saying Daniel Boone National Forest. That's a great place to go. It's beautiful. They uh, say it. Know, she these Gap. pictures of it. Yep. Yeah. All right. You want to go check that out. You want to go to my old Kentucky home. All right. It's like a plantation from back in the day. You want to go see the ark. Yeah, we've uh, talked about that. Of, uh, in Kentucky. And one other place that would be fun is go to uh, Bourbon, Kentucky. That's where Bourbon mm-hmm. was actually started. They've got the Bourbon Trail, and they got Maker's Mark and a lot of them. By the way, Bourbon was uh, was uh, made first by a Baptist preacher. that you know, started that. And what's interesting about uh, you go to Maker's Mark, as you get done with the, and you don't have to drink if you don't want to or you know, taste it or anything, but at the end you get a little bit little bottle of, mm-hmm. make, of maker's mark and you get to put it into the red wax oh really and seal it and, and then yeah and seal it up and then you you take one of the things with your initial on it and stamp it on the top really that's your personal oh, little bottle that would be neat like I what mean, you get what you get in you know like a yeah. refrigerator or whatever yeah. at a motel yeah it's very cool
7: that you know that it's and that's where we're planning on going sometimes it, probably about the 10th or the 11th of next month one more
1: spot go you'll be going up the main <coughs> expressway 65 yeah stop in louisville and and go to churchill downs and go to their museum we talked about that she's
7: been pulling that up looking on the internet at that and it stuff. is
1: they got a, a visual presentation of so the race so it's been it's you've been there before y- yes yeah Man, I've been my, – my mother was from Louisville, all right? My oh, brothers so. were born in Louisville. I went to school in Kentucky, so yes, <laughs> I know about Kentucky. At uh, Churchill Downs, this, they've got the, the diorama that you stand in, and the screens are 360 degrees all the way around you, and they put you right in the middle of the race. Really? Really? Dude, it is so cool. Oh, I bet that would be You wanna you wanna to go to that. I'm well, just we're telling got, you. You. you know,
7: we got about ten Get or twelve places early. she wants to go to and so she's been going through looking at all this and, and all I do is drive. She tells me this is where we're going, okay
1: honey, we we're going. You know, and uh That's cool. You'll like it. I'm just so, telling you a you know, lot of great things. Go she, go to KFC too. That's when Kentucky Fried Chicken yep. gets starting <laughs> <So, laughs> Might little. Well so go there too.
7: So but we're gonna, you know, just take couple of weeks and just go traveling and looking and probably wind up over on the east coast somewhere before we stop to turn around
1: and head back home but one last place we'll have a good time he's saying, he's saying i should never have started him on this go to fort knox see where they supposedly keep the gold bullion there's none there anymore but go to can you go in it and look at it no go you can go around just go around, go, it. Just go, around and it, see it. go around the fence and while you're there on the base go see uh, george Patton museum
7: like I say she's been she's got a whole list of stuff she wants to go do, so I thought it's that's a lot of,
1: it's a state that's got a lot to see it's a lot of fun you know we'll and, a good time it's kind of like when
7: you get out in Colorado and you go up into Montana, yeah, you know you go up into South Dakota, there's so much to see when I mean you, your head gets tired of spinning and looking back and forward looking you know we was the only thing I didn't see the whole time we was gone last year, I did not see no buffalo,
1: really, yep. Did the, you stop at Custer National Forest? That's where and we they didn't have any.
7: They she said they was all down in the valleys where it was cool. Yeah. And so, <laughs> well, it was a storm coming through. Uh, and she said that so the lady that the lady sent us on a trail. Down. She said go on this trail and I promise you you can see some. So we went on the trail. It's about 25 miles long and it, and it drops you out over at the monuments where you can go up and see all the presidents and right but when we come back she said well did y'all see any i said no i said, we didn't see none and she was talking to another guy and he said no they're down in the valleys yeah they're hunkering down yeah, the storm was coming through and they had moved down in the valleys but we, had, it was wonderful though
1: go go back during the fall and go when they have their buffalo uh, stampede yeah we went wow we was Several going to
7: hedge. Uh, where they have Frontier Days. there I can't remember. Yeah, tell about. But we was going into that, and I kept telling Teresa all the way down this road. I said, Boy, "We must have a bunch of cars for a sale here, because they're sitting all out in the <laughs> fields." And I finally realized, wait a minute, this is Frontier Days. I, yeah. I finally seen the sign. And said if you want to go to Frontier Day, park here and they'll take you in a bus. But we went to that and spent a day there looking around. We had it's a good time fun. there. It was. It was there's a lot of people you're there.
1: doing what i like to do that's part of the country i love and if you've never been out there you need to go and you'll find out if you go to montana why they call it big sky country they ain't got no trees yeah you can't i'm just telling you the sky looks like it goes forever and dave you can be riding and we rode
7: one one day we was in montana and we rode for three hours before i seen another vehicle that's correct you know, and you have no cell phone service. Nope. I mean, when you start over in the, you know, going across over perfect here, place to go for vacation. It is. Nobody we had a wonderful time. You. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank thanks, you, thanks Duck. Bumper to Bumper, for, for sponsoring go this today. Go see day. Duck.
1: Go see Duck and uh, Russell this Saturday out at Dickie the Stevens Ballpark. Park. Yeah,
7: absolutely. Thank All you, right. Dave. I'll see you Saturday morning. Okay. See you early.
1: All right. Bye-bye. Back in a moment. All right. Back. Dave Ellswick's show, final hour of a Wednesday show. Of course, it's Wednesday. It means it's hump day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day, closer to Friday than we were on Monday. And that, of course, is a very, very good thing. So keep that uh, in mind. Hey, before I really get into this hour, let me remind you that tomorrow is the last of uh, these presentations that... Uh, David Lucas is going to be doing, and if you'd like to go to it, you need to call 501-653-6690. That's 501-653-6690. It's 20 bucks, and it could end up saving you tens of thousands, if not hundreds, of thousands of dollars over uh, your time of uh, uh, retirement. I mean you can learn to save yourself a whole lot of money dealing with your social security and, and all the rest. 501-653-6690 one more time 501-653-6690 uh don't miss it tomorrow night 6 you want to you want to go to it. All right, so here we are in the last hour. I wanted to bring up a couple of uh Last um, stories for you today. You know, we always talk about laws that are passed that have unintended uh, consequences. That what they tried to do might have been a good thing, but when all said and done, turns out to be a bad thing. The story uh, that was out on the Washington Post, and he- and here's what it says. New York is now one signature away, just to go in a signature, from becoming the first state in the country to ban cat declawing, a practice advocates say serves no benefits to felines and is done typically out of convenience. How surprising that it would be New York! I mean, New York is the one that just, uh, until Vermont and Virginia, uh, had the most liberal abortion law in the country basically from uh you know the beginning to the the end is is what they're they'll tell you that you can do that you can have abortions up until until birth but now they're worried more about cats being declawed the bill which passed by a wide margin in the state's majority democrat assembly and senate would impose a $1,000 fine on veterinarians who performed the procedure for non-medical purposes. That means pet owners in the state would no longer be able to have their cats declawed for cosmetic, aesthetic, and other ostensible reasons. One of several lawmakers to champion the measure, Assemblywoman Linda Rosenthal, who's a Democrat from Manhattan, was visibly jubilant after the vote, She has previously railed against decline and condemned its invasive nature in a statement. Quote, it's not like getting a mani or a pedi, she said. It's a brutal surgical procedure. The days when this procedure is cavalierly offered for the convenience of the owners to protect couches and curtains are numbered. Now, remember that statement. going to come back to haunt her. Kitty is... Paw sensitivity overjoyed that my bill to ban cat declaw passed the Assembly and Senate. Let's end this, New York. That was on a Twitter. Rosenthal and other proponents of the bill say declawing can cause long-lasting complications for cats. New York Director of the Humane Society of the United States, Ben Shapiro, or Brian Shapiro, pardon me, has been, has been of course, a great conservative talker who advocated the legislation, explained that the procedure is not as simple as removing a cat's nail. It requires amputating the last bone segment in a cat's uh, toe. He likened it to chopping off the tip of a human finger at the first knuckle. But it's not chopping off a finger at the first knuckle. That's totally different. Let's always remember that comparisons can be apples and oranges. That's what this is. The legislation is a great victory, he added. Some estimate, uh, estimate that 25% of cats in the United States are declawed. And Shapiro said veterinarians are generally divided on the issue. The New York Veterinarian Medical Society, for example, argues declawing should be allowed if a cat is using its claws destructively or if a potential scratch could pose health risks to households that have people with weakened immune Systems. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommend sanitation methods and selective pet ownership over declawing. The origins of declawing date back to at least 1952 when the Journal of the American Veterinarian Medical Association published a letter to the editor from Chicago veterinarian A.J. Meisner, who described the procedure as a practical measure. It's never been investigated, though, for long-term safety or whether it generated pain later on in life. It was never researched that way. Several uh, cities in the United States and the majority of Canadian provinces have banned decline, according to Rosenthal. The uh, procedure is also outlawed in Britain, Germany, Austria, Sweden, and several other countries. Acknowledging that uh, New York is leading the way at the state level, Rosenthal said she hopes others will follow its lead. Okay, with that said, after you've heard that, Russ, this lady said, you know, this is is a way to do this uh, because people are doing it to protect their furniture and things, so we're going to make it illegal. Fewer people will now own cats in New York, understand that, because they're not going to have a cat, save a cat, anything, uh, buy a a purebred or anything if they can't do this because they they do want to make sure that their furniture stays in in one piece. And if you have cats, it's hard not to, to do that. It's just difficult. So with that in mind, I talk about unintended consequences. Do you know what the big unintended consequence is of all of this. They've talked to cat owners, the ones now that have found out that it's going to be illegal to have their pet declawed, they're going to take it to the vet and have it put down. They don't want to just take it to to the the pound and put it in there and hope that somebody takes it or whatever, and if you've ever been to a lot of pounds, not best place in the world for an animal to be, now... Twenty-five uh, possibility as high as twenty-five percent, just in New York alone. Not New York City, not New York State. New York City uh, could put your cat down. So I guess you know you have an unattended, unattended uh, you know situation where probably thousands of cats will be will be losing their lives because you think you should force people to do it your your way, it's the, way it, the way they always uh, it goes. It's the way, the way it happens. With that said, here on the Dave Ellswick Show, it just goes to show you, good intentions sometimes have unintended consequences. All right, when we come back, got to get a first break in as we move into this last hour. Scientists at the University of California now show that previous estimates of how many uh, habitable planets exist in outer space were hugely exaggerated. You know, everybody in the scientific community and and people that are, uh, I don't know, atheists want to say uh, that, uh, you know, look, we, we could have life on all these other planets out there. Is that really true? What was the, what was the movie that uh, Foster was in where she traveled in space and her father told her that if there wasn't more life out in outer space, it would be a waste of space? You remember that movie? You know what I'm talking about, Russ? Waste of space. It seems to sound with a I'll i C. I'll find out. I'll find that out. But here's the bottom line. How do you know? Why would it be a waste of space? Maybe it's God's way of saying, "Look at how special you really are." We'll take a break. We'll come back. Want to talk about this? Want to talk about the uh, new Vermont abortion law as well? And then I've got a piece of audio I want to play dealing with that from Gillibrand, who uh, wants to run uh, for president. President. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick. Show. You know, like uh, I said, in a lot of these. Uh, Science, if you ever watch science TV I, I watch it and laugh a lot of times just because it 's so ridiculous. So many science let me let me give you a good example. Last night, I came across I was looking at it, and they you know they don 't have any kind of uh, terraforming technology. Terraforming is where you go into a planet and you make it Earth-like by changing it and uh they were talking about this last night uh on uh, the science channel, and they were talking about it uh about uh, using it uh on mars on mars okay and they said- they said what well, well what we can do is that we can just turn around and we can change uh, mars and and if we uh, incre- thicken up the atmosphere and yada, yada. I mean, they're just going on and on. Now, this is called the Science Channel. It's supposed to deal with science fact. And this whole segment that they did about Mars was nothing more than science fiction. Here's what they said, Russ. Are you ready for this one? They said, we can ter- uh, tel- uh, terraform Mars, but it will take centuries. Centuries. Their words, not mine. It will take centuries. We Then they come up with, and this is why I said science fiction, not science facts. They said, we don't have the technology yet, but one day we will. Yeah, like uh, in the Go Star Trek keep movie. Keep watching
5: Star Trek movies. You'll get there. <laughs> gonna,
1: is Spock's body on, a, on Mars as well? I don't know. Anyway, just, I just, I started laughing. So you got... All these scientists that just are hoping beyond hope that they're going to find life on uh, you know on some alien planet or something, and they talk about well, we may have found a one-cell amoeba, you know they 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 did that a few years ago, and we have found life on uh, uh, Mars. They won't even call what's in a mother's womb life, and it looks like a human, acts like a human, is going to be a human. They find one cell on Mars, and they want to call that life. Anyway, new research from scientists at the University of California shows that previous estimates of how many habitable planets exist in outer space were hugely exaggerated. The researchers uh, uh, assert that many planets Uh, that have been regarded as habitable are, in fact, and I quote them, not me, quote them, dead planets enveloped with toxic gas. Lead scientist, Professor Timothy Lyons. Yes, Contact was the name of the movie with Jodie Foster. Just breaking in on my thought there. That was what we were trying to think of. uh, And if there's not more life in the galaxy, there's a lot of, of wasted space. Lead scientist, Professor Timothy Lyon stated, quote, imagine a habitable zone for complex life, unquote, defined as a safe zone where it would be plausible to support rich ecosystems like we find on earth today. Our results indicate that complex ecosystems like ours cannot exist in most regions of the habitable zone as traditionally Defined. To investigate, Lyons and his colleagues created a computer model of the atmosphere, climate, and photochemistry, a field that analyzes how different chemicals behave under visible or ultraviolet vi- uh, ultra light on a range of planets. The researchers began by looking at predicted levels of carbon dioxide, a gas that's deadly at high levels but is also needed to keep temperatures above freezing, thanks to the greenhouse effect, on planets that orbit far from their host stars. Utilizing computer models, the scientists found that planets that existed at great distances from a star needed so much carbon dioxide to trap heat on their planet in order to support life that the carbon dioxide would be poisonous. NASA scientist Edward Schweitzerman explained, quote, to sustain liquid water at the outer edge of the habitable zone, a planet would need tens of thousands of times more carbon dioxide than Earth has today. That's far beyond the levels known to be toxic to human and animal life on Earth, unquote. Now, let me make a caveat here. They're talking about life like us. It's not to say that there's not rock people someplace that aren't carbon-based life forms. Maybe they there's you know, some kind of completely different life form that we've never come into con- uh, contact with. So that's, I guess, a possibility, a far one, but a possibility. The new study concludes that carbon dioxide toxicity alone restricts simple animal life to no more than half of the traditional habitable zone. For humans and other intelligent animals, which are more sensitive, the safe zone shrinks to less than one-third of that area. Live Science added that the scientists argue that stars close to our solar system, such as Centauri and Trappist-1, don't have areas near them that are safe for life because the planets around them have high levels of carbon monoxide, which can be deadly. When we compare the predicted atmospheric CO2 abundances for planets at the outer edge of the HZ for uh, FGKM main sequence stars for equivalent pH values to levels of acute uh, lethals in a range of complex organisms, yada, yada, yada. Now, HZ stands for the habitable zone. OHZ means the outer edge of the habitable zone. The acronym FGKM comes from the spectrum of stars from hottest to coolest created by the Morgan Keenan system using the letters OBAFGK and M, a sequence from the hottest O to the coolest M. So bottom line, they've come down and they said the chance of life out there is negligible. Negligible, their word not mine. Now, I know that just bums out all kinds of people that read science fiction like I do. That's uh, the bottom uh, line. Just being honest with you. Anyway, we got to get a break in for news. When we come back the uh, Republican governor of Vermont, Phil Scott, has signed an extreme pro-abortion bill and I'll tell you about that story and then I'll let you hear from Miss Gillibrand, Senate Or, or, yeah, Senator from New York, and how she compares pro life people who have pro life viewpoints to being racist. All right, we got just a a few more. We got one more segment. We'll talk about uh, this uh, story. And then in the final segment, I'll have Carrie on because her show is up here uh, after mine. And uh, we'll see what she's got coming up and who she's going to be talking to because that's always nice to know to let you know what's coming up here on one FM, the answer. Vermont Governor Phil Scott, a Republican, signed an extreme pro-abortion bill into law permitting abortions to be performed up until the moment of uh, birth in the uh, state of Vermont for any reason whatsoever. The legislation, which is H57, includes zero abortion restrictions. The unborn who have detectable beating hearts at around six weeks gestation can feel pain as early as 20 weeks can now be legally killed at any time during a woman's pregnancy for any reason at all. Notably, young girls of any age will not be required to seek parental consent before having an abortion. Let me read that to you again. Notably, young girls of any age will not be required to seek parental consent before having an abortion. Quote, like many Vermonters, I have consistently supported a woman's right to choose. Scott said in a statement, this legislation affirms what is is already allowable in Vermont, protecting reproductive rights and ensuring those decisions remain between a woman and her health care provider. In other words, they have, uh, they say... Uh, protecting reproductive rights, which is now, as far as I'm concerned, conducive to just murder. Uh, Governor Scott added that he appreciates the respectful tone and civility from all sides throughout this discussion. "Unquote. God only knows people might get upset about killing babies, and that's something. The bill proposes. And "Quote again the bill proposes to recognize as a fundamental right the freedom of reproductive choice and to prohibit public entities from interfering with or restricting the right of an individual to terminate the individual's pregnancy. That's what the bill says, just so you'll know. Yeah, that... Is the way to go. Let's talk about Senator Gillibrand, who wants to be president. She's running for president, uh, and she's going to be in the Democrats' debate, things of that nature. Here's what she thinks about you folks that are pro-life, and myself is included in this. Let you hear what she has to say. Russ, this is cut number two. We're going to play cut number two. Here's Gillibrand and what she compares pro-life viewpoints to.
8: Uh, and I think it's, it's wrong to deny women basic reproductive freedom and basic human rights.
9: You've said you're worried about judicial independence, but... Imposing a litmus test on your nominees has yeah. long been seen as right. uh, an encroachment on judicial independence. Right. Um, I mean, are, are you are doing
8: I what think there's you, some uh, issues that are, have such moral clarity that we have as a society decided that the other side is not acceptable. Imagine saying um, that it's okay to appoint a judge who's racist or anti-Semitic or homophobic. Um Telling, uh, asking someone to appoint someone who takes away basic human rights of any group of people in America. I think that we are, we've, we've, I don't think those are political issues anymore. And we believe in this country in the separation of church and state. And I respect the rights of, of every American. To hold their religious beliefs true to themselves but our country and our constitution has always demanded that we have a separation of church and state and all these efforts by president trump and other ultra radical conservative judges and justices to impose their faith on americans is contrary to our constitution and that that's what this is and so i believe That for all of these issues, um, they are not issues that there is a fair other side. There is no moral equivalency when you come to racism. And I do not believe there's a moral equivalency when it comes to changing laws that deny women reproductive freedom.
1: Okay. With that thought, do we still have uh, Sophie Lewis? Do we still have her? Okay. Now. There's no way for us to go back and just play the end of that, is it? We got to play the whole thing? Do we have to play Gillibrand? Do we have to play that whole thing? All right. Play that completely again. I, there's a couple things I want to point out about it. And then, I want everybody thought that Sophie Lewis yesterday was really, really radical. But something that Gillibrand just said resonates with me, which... But what Lewis said here, let's listen.
8: Uh, and I think it's, it's wrong to deny women basic reproductive freedom and basic human rights.
9: You've said you're worried about judicial independence, but imposing a litmus test on your nominees has yeah. long been seen as right. uh, an encroachment on judicial independence. Right. Um, I mean, are, are you doing
10: I what think there's do? some
8: issues that are have such moral clarity that we have as a society decided that the other side is not acceptable. Imagine saying um, that it's okay to appoint a judge who's racist or anti-Semitic or homophobic. Um Telling, uh, uh, asking someone to appoint someone who takes away basic human rights of any group of people in America, I, I think that we are, we've, we've. I-, I don't think those are political issues anymore, and we believe in this country in the separation of church and state, and I respect the rights of, of every American. hold their religious beliefs true to themselves but our country and our constitution has always demanded that we have a separation of church and state and all these efforts by president trump and other ultra radical conservative judges and justices to impose their faith on americans is contrary to our constitution and that that's what this is and so i believe that for all of these issues, um, they are not issues that there is a fair other side. There is no moral equivalency when you come to racism. And I do not believe there's a moral equivalency when it comes to changing laws that deny women reproductive freedom.
1: All right. No other side than to allow unfettered abortion. That's what she just said, was it not? No other side. Let's go back and listen to... Again, Sophie uh, Lewis, the feminist that we played yesterday, and listen to where she says that she doesn't care where life begins; doesn't matter. It's about you know, as she calls it, gestational work, and that uh, there is no other side to this issue. And we we can't give up on any of this. We can't we can't say you know what you're saying is uh, you know we can give some here or, or take some there. We got to be. Radical, radical. Here you go. Here's Lewis again. Listen up.
4: We're facing a really terrifying attack on abortion in the US, where I live, in Northern Ireland, and elsewhere. In the past, the strategies that um, our side has tended to use have included a kind of uh, seeding of ground to our enemies. We tend to say um, that abortion is indeed very bad, but, or we say, Um, luckily it's not killing luckily it's just a health care right we have very little to lose at the moment when it comes to abortion and i'm interested in winning radically
1: okay Uh, stop right there i'm interested in winning radically all right i'm i'm saying to you where we've been fighting this fight about abortion from the left is not right it's not right here's her ideas. Listen up to the rest of this now.
4: I wonder if we could think about defending abortion as a right to stop doing gestational work. Abortion is, in my opinion, um, and I recognize how controversial this is, um, a form of killing. It is a, a form of um, killing that uh, we need to be able to defend.
1: All right. Stop um, there. All right. right, I she, she says we've got to be able to defend that. Is that not what Gillibrand is trying to do? Isn't that what she's trying to do? She says uh, the division of church and state, that is just so wrong in its interpretation of what the Constitution uh, made, uh, meant. And, And even in the Constitution doesn't say that. That's what Jefferson said in the Danbury letter. Uh, saying that there should no, not be a national church like the Church of England. Uh, if you know your history, you know that Jefferson didn't feel that way when it came to states. States had every reason to have a state religion. They had a state religion in Virginia, and he didn't have any problem with that. Uh, you got to understand that uh, we talked about this back in the uh, – like the second hour maybe of the show today, you've got to understand the context in which things are being looked at. Gillibrand is putting up, a, you know, a false herring here. There's a straw man argument that does not even exist, and that she's, uh, you know, knocking down the straw man. You know, you can't have faith in this, in this country. You can't use your faith to make law. Well, let me just say that if you didn't have that, there's, we wouldn't have laws against stealing, we wouldn't have laws against murder, we wouldn't have laws against anything. It would be whatever everybody decides they want to do. It's such a ridiculous argument that she's offering, and this is a woman who wants to be President of the United States, the rest of what uh, this lady, Lewis, had to say.
4: In where a human life starts to... Um, exist. She's not Um, worried about that. I see the forms of making and unmaking each other as sort of continuous processes. Um, The other end of the spectrum is the process of learning how to die well and hold each other and let each other go at the end of our lives as well as at the beginning. Um, But looking at the biology of this kind of hemichorial placentation helps me think about um, the violence that, innocently, a fetus meets out um, vis-a-vis a gestator. Um, and that violence is, woman, is an unacceptable way. violence for someone who doesn't want to do gestational work. Um,
1: That's the good violence that That's enough. That's gest- enough. My point in playing those two pieces, they're exactly the same. Gillibrand feels the exact same way as this lady does, except this lady has the timidity to look at you and say, I'm going to be honest with you. It's a form of killing. We just got to figure out a way uh, to justify and defend that killing. All right. Out of time in this segment. Just keep in mind as you, you know, start deciding who you want to, uh, you know, you want to vote for, for president. There's a lot of people that worries me, that want to get into the White House, that don't have any problem of saying, I don't care what life is, don't care at all. all right, I have to say that I'm a happy camper right now. Cubs won today. They beat the uh, the Rockies 10-1, to 1, so I'm a happy camper. Good. I'm, I love baseball, but I, I love my do. Cubs. Janet Carson is sitting across from you. <laughs> Janet, it's so good to see you. Good to see you. Long time. <laughs> yes, it has been. We... We worked together at a, another radio station, which I refuse to say, but uh, when we were Citadel. And I love you. <laughs> you just you. said. I, you know that. Well, and I loved you, you're too. You're one of my favorite people. And you reminded me of a guy I worked with in at WIBC in Indianapolis, and we called him the Sultan of Dirt. <laughs> and you're the Queen of Dirt. Well, thank you. You know everything. there You used to come on my show. and. I I talk her in sometimes, Carrie, for two hours. Mm-hmm. And it was nothing but wall-to-wall calls. Is it not true?
10: Well, people like to garden, and oh, they have they so do. many
1: questions. Mm-hmm. You know, and when it comes to the time we get her on in springtime, you would not realize how obsessed people are with their grass.
9: Oh, yeah, when my husband's obsessed with it's his grass. It's unbel- And I not I mean, even like grass. <laughs> 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 See, I like flowers
10: it. a whole lot better. Yeah. Glass is kind
9: of... Pr- uh, passé these days. Nobody wants to because it well, so much water. Men still like grass. Men still like Men grass. do. They so, do. did you tell everybody who I am or do they even know who? They know who
0: Carrie is. So,
9: I'm Carrie McCoy. <laughs> We're coming up next with Janet Carson on Up in Your Business yes. with Carrie McCoy. And you should have seen Dave and Janet when they saw each other because they used to be together on another radio station <laughs> yes. for 28 years. It was like and an Russ too. And Russ too, who's, in, who's yeah. the tech in the other room. Every They, they scream, Janet! <laughs> and they jump up and they hug her and you he got all and you forgot that we where we even were and what we were doing. See, but. I
1: just saw you last week, so I didn't jump up and say,
9: Carrie <laughs> and you run over and give you a really big hug. That's good. That's fine. I'm not good. That's fine. But it is nice to have a guest on today that's that's so popular and loved by oh, so many she people. Is. She is really loving. You got by gardening
1: questions? Can people call in today? Ask our Sure. Questions? You want
9: them to call in today, sure. Janet? That's fine. 8230965.
1: Mm-hmm. 8230965. Mm-hmm.
9: Yep. Hotline. You know what? Get ready.
1: well ask her questions go ahead she's a teacher
9: I think that's her number one strength when I've been reading about her is she loves teaching
1: she's a master gardener who loves to teach
9: she designed the master gardener
10: plan
1: I know Mm -hmm. well in Arkansas and
9: it's
10: a great program with fabulous volunteers
1: well if other states were smart they'd call you and bring you over to their state to replicate they do are you really I
10: am I retired in January
1: oh well that's there's some positives about that, I guess.
10: Well, I don't have to travel quite as much, at least yeah. for work. So, And I'm not doing the Master Gardener program. Somebody else has that now. But okay. I'm still writing for the newspaper and still doing things that I love. So it's fun. And I get to spend more time in my own yard
9: with my flowers, not my lawn
1: for your crepe myrtles
10: i don't have i have one little crepe myrtle is it's a dwarf
9: it? yeah so when y'all, y'all when y'all saw each other i'll just tell the listeners when y'all saw each other the first thing you said is my crepe myrtles are still doing good <laughs> so what did you do janet save his crepe myrtle no, no, crate 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 yeah you know crate most murder. people butcher
10: their crate, crate myrtles murder. and so they have these ugly knobs all winter long and so for years i have talked about that and so i i trained him how to prune a proper a proper grape myrtle so it's how do no you, longer how do you, you want them? three to five main trunks if you've got a standard that can become a tree three to mm-hmm. five main trunks you want the branching to begin about six feet off the ground and then let them become the trees they were meant to be if they're a 35 foot tall uh, mature specimen they're beautiful
9: a lot of crepe myrtles though uh, sprout from the ground up
10: well you just keep those suckers pruned off once a year or twice yeah. a year it seems like some of them are more prone to that That's very true. It's by variety. Some are more prone to suckering than others. But you don't have to cut them off at their knees every year, which they did at that other station that yeah, will not I be know. named. <laughs> yeah, they went so, in.
1: They came in, and wherever they started, where they started spreading out from, from the, diff- the ground. Yeah. well. Almost. No,
10: probably about three or four feet off yeah. the ground. And they so they have, have these back. ugly knobs then all winter. They're hideous. Well, if you t- p- trim it up six feet up, you still have the ugly knob. No, 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 but like they have that. beautiful peeling bark. And so the bark and the structure of the tree can be as pretty in the winter as the flowers are in the summer. And I
9: have learned that some crepe myrtles' uh, bark is really beautiful. Yeah. Oh, so, and, a
10: lot of them. And some yeah. is not, though. Well, once they come of age. The dwarf ones never have pretty bark, which is what I have. But the standard ones, that when they come of age, they start peeling that outer bark off
9: they can be shades of tan or gray
10: mm-hmm. or red underneath
9: more they let this more red look kind of a marble look right and I think that's important for people that want to buy a crepe myrtle and put them in, that they go and read about all the different kinds of varieties there are, how and, tall and they actually, get. And actually, on the Extension
10: website, there is a fabulous article in there about the different varieties, the mature size, both the form, if they're vase shape or more upright, the flower color, the bark color. It's a great read. So go to uaex.edu. She's you still to working. My house. She's still
1: working. I know. You come to my house, my crepe myrtle is about 18 foot tall
9: see how old is so it so good how old is it
1: what uh, you think? it's been there since i've had it. it was just a small thing when i got to mm-hmm. the house 14 years old
9: mm-hmm. 14 uh, a foot a year
1: and it's a beautiful beautiful tree see that's the key it's a tree flowers
10: well it, and there are dwarf forms that are ground covers yeah then there are some that get no more than four or five feet tall but then you've got the standards that mm-hmm. get 15 to 30 feet tall yeah. you really
9: have to be careful it's the same way with gardenias that are blooming all over some of them are big oh, they're fabulous, they're fabulous yeah. but they are all different species the same way different varieties i mean varieties
10: yeah, they're they all yeah and so there are dwarfs there are standards but and then i've got some that repeat bloom that's one of my favorite shrubs they smell mm-hmm. fabulous.
1: Mm-hmm. What's just the one that, depending on how much zinc you put in the ground, it's not drain zinc. Hydrangeas, hydrangeas Good yeah, carried. blue, it, white. It's the
10: pH. So pink. if the pH is acidic, they're blue. If the pH is alkaline, they're they're pink. But I have one that it's in the same soil. Parts of the flowers are pink, some are purple, and some are blue. <laughs> Can
1: make up its mind. I know it's confused. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the way it works. Mm-hmm. I'm going you know, this is coming up. You're going to get a whole hour.
9: Oh, of Janet.
1: With Janet and Carrie. <laughs>
9: Janet Janet. This is
1: going to be great. <laughs> so this is going to be great.
9: Janet's got a new website and a new blog called Plan It Janet. Not like, the, not like the spheres in the sky, but P-L-A-N-I-T, Janet, Plan It Janet. And it's a new blog on the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Uh, and it's good and worth following. And so we're going to talk about that. And cool. under that name, you have some, you have a, a travel agency, I guess. Well, you would it's call not really it a
10: travel. That. I'm doing garden travel, so I'm, my plan is to take a couple of trips or three trips a year. We just got back from. England, where Mm -hmm. we did the Chelsea Flower Show and many gardens, so that was a great trip, and we've
9: got a Canada trip planned this fall. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about the trips, how you can get involved and learn about her trips, how you can read her new blog, because it's kind of moved from WordPress to the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and many other things.
1: And that's coming up Right, right after I get my butt out of here, basically, right. and we hear the news.
9: About five minutes.
1: Then you're all up and ready to go.
9: Up in your business.
1: Eight two three O nine six five. That's the number. You can call in, ask Janet mm-hmm. you know, a question, and you'll get a good answer. Uh, guaranteed. Uh, or
10: you'll get an answer.
1: Well, yeah, you'll get a good <laughs> answer. All right, I gotta get out of here. They gotta get set up for the show. I'm gonna take a break. I'll see you tomorrow two o'clock here on the Dave Ellswick Show